I used to be not horrible, but I was a miserable, just sort of like why me sort of person. One of them feeling sorry for yourself all the time. Why? Why have I got to have the bad art? Why can't I be this guy? Why can? Why has he got a better job than me? It's like no, just now it's you're lucky because I've I've had two friends with heart conditions that have died. So it's like, you were lucky. I got three lovely kids, lovely wife. I got a good job. It could be way worse, way worse. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just, you don't need negativity. You want to have a go at something, go and have a go on that. Experience Real Podcast. Are we on, yeah? Well, yeah, we can do. Yeah, whatever you want, mate. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, you try to stick these on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, proper professional look. Turn down a bit. They're a bit noisy. Like, was messing around in here the other day. The boys in here, like we were. Oh, check that. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? We were trying to like stream what us watching the UFC in here. Right. But like it was harder work than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah, so much harder, like because. Just the streaming quality, like I didn't have the internet in here, I thought I had like, and yeah, it's so much more difficult than uh, just filming a podcast. Like, for people, what I noticed when me and Lily done, we done a fight companion once, yeah. So, you just in Lily's living room, same, my phone on the table recording us, and we watching Klitschko versus Joshua. Oh, cool, man. And the amount of feedback we had from that, loads of people have said since, when's the next time we're going to do a, a companion? Really, so, yeah. Because I was asking him questions, like if I ask you questions in this, I apologize. I'm used to Yeah, mate, it's good. It's role <laughs> reversal, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, and, and like I was asking Lily, what's he feeling now? No, is he getting in the ring? It's because like, he's been there, he's done it. Not at that level, obviously, but whereas I I haven't actually fought myself. So I was asking those type of questions and yeah. people people were finding it really um really uh sort of entertaining and, and Educational to a certain extent, don't you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's, it's like little insight. So well, you never know what that feeling is, do you? Because I'm an outsider to it all. I've never done anything yeah. like that. I appreciate it from the outside, but you never actually know what it's like, yeah, do you? Like, um, I've been around it all my life. For my brother, um, he was like a Welsh champion, amateur boxer, eight yard fights, and um, so I've always been used to go training with him. But because of my heart condition, I've always known that I can't fight. I'm yeah. never going to be able to do this. So, like, we go with army trips in the school when we were like 15. And I was new, never going to get in the army, can't be a policeman. So, those sort of things. But, um, yeah, I've always been around it. So, I've had, I thought, right, I want to be involved. So, I've got to look at another avenue. Yeah. And I've gone down about five or six. To be, <laughs> and yeah, I've been yeah. involved numerous different ways in, in the sport, which is. Like say uh, whether I would have been a fighter, I don't know. But do, do you think? Sorry, like touching back on your heart yeah, condition, was it more like medically they wouldn't allow you, or was it yeah, like you that wouldn't? Uh, no, no, I would never. Is not a doctor in a land that would give me a never <laughs> a medical, pass a medical no that. chance. No. So what is the actual heart condition? Well, I was born with um, something called pulmonary atresia, which is a valve that connects your heart to lungs. From yeah. I'm not, I'm not a doctor, so <laughs> the valve that connects your heart to lungs. When you're born, you've got sort of a temporary one, which after about three or four days, the body eats it up, and you, you actual valve starts working like it should. But I was born without one, um, or partially formed one, so it wasn't working basically. So they sent me home when I was born, and um, the midwife came to see my mother. I was 
was a couple of days old and I was blue pretty much. My lips yeah. were blue, my fingers were blue. And the midwife said, straight in. So I had like a blue light ambulance all the way to Bristol. Um, and then at a week old, I had my first operation. I had a, two holes in the heart as well. So just why not? And I throw yeah, it in there. Yeah, just like through. through <laughs> but yeah, I had that when I was fire. a week old. And then when I was three, I had open heart surgery, straight down the middle, chest open. Because um, I was I was big enough to have it done. Yeah. And they said that would probably last about 10 years or so. Before I have to have it done again. But it lasted me 23. I had it done seven years ago was the last one I had. So... But that was uh, scary stuff for your, your um, mum at the time, was it? Yeah, because I, I remember, like, most people can't remember when they were, like, three. Yeah. I mean, but because something so big happened, I think that's why I remember specific stuff from from when you, I was you three. You can still look off, like, yeah, some yeah. vivid memories of it. I can remember being in hospital. I remember my father taking me to Bristol Zoo. Um, I remember being in the ward. I remember lots of things. I remember my nurses, yeah. which was absolutely crazy because... I was in hospital seven years ago in Bristol again. Obviously, this is twenty odd years removed from when I had when I was three. Um, so I was in hospital, laying there in the night, and a nurse walked in. She must have been a sixty odd, and she went, "Hiya, David. Um, you don't remember me, do you?" I said, "No." She goes, "My name's Pat. I looked after you when you was three, She said, "I said, "Oh, do you remember me?" <laughs> yeah, and she said, wild. "She said, well, David Owen from from Swansea." She said, so I thought, mm, it can't be that many of them that with heart surgeries. So she come in. I don't remember her, but I remember the other nurse, Helen, and I said about her, and she said, yeah, she told me she lives in Scotland and stuff. So I, that sort of reinforced that I hadn't made those memories up. They were actual. I, I can't. Wild, I, yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, seven years ago, when I was three, I didn't really know. Yeah. They just make you get up. And as a kid, you get up, like, oh, that hurts. But then you just carry on. Less worry about it. Yeah, kids don't care. And my father said, when I was three, I was on a ward full of men. My father said, why is he on a ward? She goes, because he will get up, alert him, but he'll carry on. Whereas adults go, oh, that hurts, I ain't doing that again. So by putting children on there, it shows the adults, oh, if he can do it, I better I better do yeah, it as yeah, well. Yeah, that's pretty wild, isn't it? That's so, a yeah. good bit of insight, isn't it? Yeah, and... and Seven years ago, I didn't have any kids on the ward, but it was, you know what's happening then. Don't know, when you're three, you don't know. You're yeah. going in. But I had just had my daughter then, so she was three months old, I think. Um, I was going in, knowing what can happen. It's, it's, it's quite scary, but it, you've got to take, you just got to, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. If I don't have it, I'll die, eventually. And... If I do have it, then fingers crossed, it'll yeah. be it'll be fine, and and on we go. So yeah, you've got to sign forms. It's, it is a bit freaky. You have to do it in most operations, but the night before, my surgeon came in, and I said, uh, "What's the chances of actually dying?" Well, and they are so cold, purposely because they don't want to build a relationship with their patients in case you die, and they yeah. feel bad. So they are just like, "There's the facts. I'll see you in the morning." And he was like. It's about ninety seven percent, he said. Nothing in life is you can't hundred percent anything in life. She said it's about ninety seven percent and you've got to factor in the babies, the old people, everything in that, he said. So I went he said that's as good as you're gonna get. I went, I'll do me. And you got pretty to, good odds, isn't it? It's not too bad, yeah. It kind of um relaxed me a little bit. But then you've got to sign a form saying, If I die, 
then I die and I could have a stroke. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty serious moment. Isn't yeah, it? in the night, and like everyone had gone all, all back to the hotel by then, so I'm in the room on my own going, well, it is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? God's it's, hands now, like, sort of thing, isn't it? There's not a lot you can do about it. You've got you've to gotta have it done. There's nothing you can do, so... Yeah. It, it, it was what it was, and it was a rough... It was rough. I, I had a couple of complications afterwards, so you had old people there who were having the operation and going on three days later but i'm the youngest person in the in the ward and i was in for 11 days i had um collapsed lung lung infe- infection chest infections so i was pretty rough at, at one point yeah um but yeah you just gotta you just it could have been worse you know what i mean yeah, yeah it could have been worse so i i am thankful and it changed my outlook on life and then sort of pushed me to do what I do now, basically. I thought after that, when you've got your own mortality, staring at you in the face thinking, this could yeah. be it, then when you come out the other side, it's just a case of, I don't care what anyone thinks. If I want to do something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a go. What's the worst that could possibly happen? Yeah, I don't succeed at it, but I had a go. I, I respect that so much because it's, so, like, it's so easy in it to pigeonhole yourself into this is who yeah. I am. Whereas, like, you have something like that. It, all them people that you're worried were judging you about doing exactly. what you love, they're not there when you've got to sign that piece of paper that night, exactly. are they? they? They don't matter. Anyone, and I've sat, come come round to that, that negative people, I'll just cut them out now. Yeah. They could be friends for 12 years. If you're going to be that guy, that's, what are you doing that for? Oh, stupid that is. You're out. <laughs> I don't need that. I just want positive, positive people. I've I used to be... Not horrible, but I was a miserable, just sort of like why me sort of person. One of them feeling sorry for yourself all the time. Why? Why have I got to have the bad art? Why can't I be this guy? Why can? Why has he got a better job than me? It's like no, just now it's you're lucky because I've I've had two friends with heart conditions that have died. Mm. So it's like you were lucky. I got three lovely kids, lovely wife. I got a good job. It could be. Way worse, way worse. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just you don't need negative. You want to have a go at something? Go and have a go. And that's why I started a podcast. And I had friends who were friends of school school friends going, "Oh, oh Joe Rogan's here. Don't take the piss." And I just be whatever, boys. I don't care. Like, yeah. nobody else was doing it then in in the Swansea area. And um, yeah, I think it was just because he was new. Or yeah, mate, you're always gonna get it in you. I think. Exactly. I think no matter what you do. You're gonna be looked as if you're stupid by stupid people. Exactly. <laughs> they 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 are the ones that are scared to do anything outside of the box. Yeah. They'll go to the nine to fives, come home, go to the pub because everybody else goes to the pub on a Friday, and that'll be them forever. Sheeple. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of giving this a go, I'll have a go at that. I've always loved doing that. Let's go. Like, I was in a party, and. Uh, with one of my mates, and I was drunk. And Chris Jenkins, boxer, uh, and friends with Chris. He's he's a very good friend of my cousin. He wrote on Twitter, "Does anybody want to be a bot? Fancy themselves as a boxing writer? Contact." He was a guy called John Scriven at the time, and I was drunk. I was like, I I was good at English in school, which I what I was my favorite subject. So I was like, I can I can write. So I just messaged him, "I'll do that." Drunk. Next morning, the guy <laughs> messaged me, and I was like. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> but I thought, yeah, I'll give it a go. So I'd done a test piece, and he was like, brilliant. 
So I started writing for his website, covering live boxing shows, as having a media pass to go to these bo- Welsh boxing shows, Gavin Gwynn, all them. Um, started having that. Then I led on to writing for a magazine, a boxing magazine, uh, and doing the MMA show. So I was getting Cage Warriors passes. I interviewed Jack Show when he was still an amateur. Done a big double spread piece on him. Yeah. And it just snowballed. And and I was like, that's all because of one tweet I sent going, I can do that. Or I'll give it a go. And look what it led. It led to that. And then I thought from that, I'm going to do a podcast. I fancy that. Me and Lily used to sit, sit in the gym. At the time, I was training amateur boxers. Um, we'd sit in the gym for about half hour after every session because Lily was training as a pro in the same gym. And we talked about boxing. Welsh boxing, the normal, like, because Lily was, at no time, he was challenging for Welsh titles on the, the Welsh boxing scene. Yeah. So all the fighters I was watching, like Gavin Gwynn as he was starting turning pro, Morgan Jones, all those, um, Di Davis and Merthyr, they were all fighting, and Lily was in that group as well. So we talked about them, and I said, do you fancy doing a podcast? Um, you know Paul Paul Daly from Top Class yeah, Boxing? Yeah. Me and him were supposed to do it originally. We were going to do a podcast, and we just couldn't get times together. So in the end, I just said, do you want to do one? He was like, yeah. Do you know what you're doing? I said, no. <laughs> but I'll work it out. That's the joys of this, though, isn't it? It doesn't have to be. There's it. no rules. There's no, There's no real rules. rules. Like, this is a fantastic setup. This yeah, is awesome. Right. This is what I wanted. Yeah. But we never ended up going. We 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 sort of our own worst enemy, me and Lily, because we saw laid back and it was just like, we had Enzo McInerney agreed to come on the show for about a year before he actually came on. He just never <laughs> pulled the trigger. Jack Shaw, his father, Shaky, they've all agreed to come on the show. Gary Locker, all of them. But we never pulled the trigger on most of them. And It's arranging the time, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. And, and Lily being Lily, fighting in every sport he can get his hands on. <laughs> he's always in a training camp. He's always fighting someone or sparring someone, or Rocky Morgan. Or, so it, it was hard, but we had a good, we had a good run, but that was another. Like I say, is it is he making a comeback? You, uh... <sighs> we never say never. Don't know who I mean. Never say never. It could possibly make a comeback. Yeah, I can't see why not. It's just a schedule thing, I think. Yeah, and and COVID killed us a fair bit because I'm although Zoom is a great way to do it, and I've done a couple over Zoom with Kieran Gibbons and stuff. It's not the same. It's like this now. I'm not. I, prop- I totally agree. I'm a proper yeah. chat. It's not the same because you can get distracted by the TV or the kids running around. It's it's just not the same. And I'd rather a more personal product where me and Lily are having a laugh than over Zoom where he cuts out his internet shit or the delay as well. And I always I did one Zoom one, and the quality of it just came out so crap. I I felt terrible, but I literally deleted it. I was like, I can't. Yeah. I don't even feel comfortable putting it out because I just didn't feel yeah. There was just no back and forth because it was like question, awkward silence, talking, question, awkward silence. And it, you ask a question or, or you go to reply and then they come back in and you're talking over each other. It's just an absolute nightmare. And oh, I understand. Yeah. I had a couple of good Zoom ones on there, but it's just, it's not the same. So I, I think probably when, when all this COVID bollocks stops, we'll get it going again. When we can get in a room with people and, and actually talk pull the trigger on them guests get them in yeah yeah (laughs) we've got so many lined up honestly we we had loads always people uh, oh yeah you'll come on you'll come on and we just never never that that was one of my biggest worries mate when i first started this i was like who's gonna want to come 
and sit down and do this. And then, to be honest with you, I got to the point now where it's like, I'm not turning people down, but I'm saying like four or five weeks away. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, you also, because at one point I was doing two or three a week and then I was just like, oh my God, like <laughs> you're doing one one night, you're editing in the next and all your week's gone just doing it. Yeah, you know and I mean? it, it is, it's more than, obviously this is a more professional setup than what me and Lily had. So you've got the editing and, and all those problems. So, whereas we just sort of half past it and see where we well, can I go. I don't know, like there's, it's good doing the, just the audio though, isn't it? Because a lot of people yeah. listen rather than watch anyway. Yeah, like, that's how I got into podcasts. Is it's like I said to you before we started driving all the time in work. Yeah, and that's I I couldn't name you one song in the top ten of the charts. Now I don't listen to the radio. I haven't got a clue. It's all part. I'm just trying to find the next decent podcast to listen to. So yeah, it's it's definitely. I think it's going to kill radio. It's just as simple as that. I think so. It's it's the same as well. Like when you know I'm sitting in the house now watching like stuff on the tech. Don't worry, I watch a bit of like fake telly I call it or reality TV or whatever my miss is but it's not the same as listening to like actual people talking about real subjects and mm. things you're interested in yeah, like I feel like it's killing off TV in it for, for me anyway definitely like the amount I've learned just listening to podcasts like I've gone through a stage lately there's one called Real Narcos alright and it's uh, it just tells you the life stories about certain drug dealers um, and it's talking to the the police officers that investigated them and arrested them. So you're talking, there's five episodes on Escobar, then there's three on a guy called Matt Abaristeros, who I'd never heard of, but he was huge. Yeah. And they, and the last one, it was like a seven-part podcast about uh, El Chapo. And it's brilliant. And, and those I'm learning, although it's, I mean, it's not going to benefit me in my life. <laughs> Depends what you get into, mate. Yeah, unless I go on a quiz <laughs> and Escobar yeah. questions pop up. But it's just, extra knowledge about, all right, stuff not necessarily you're going to use, but it's always it's good to have extra knowledge, and that's what I want in life now, these days. Now I'm getting a bit older. I just yeah. want to I wanna learn more about loads of different things. I, I'm exactly the same, mate. I was talking to one of my mates the other day about how, like, years ago I used to be, like, say, driving down the road with the boys on a Sunday, hangover and whatever, being at McDonald's or something, mm. and you're passing someone, like, running down the road in the rain, and you're like, oh, fucking hell, look at him. What the hell is he doing with his life? I like, still like I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that like it's my how your perception changes because now I'm that person thinking like looking at the people in the car going, What the hell are you doing? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Like I see the people on a Sunday on Facebook going, Oh, I was so, so drunk last night, I, I'm hanging today and thinking I couldn't think of anything worse, to be Same honest with you. I'd I would rather do a shift in work than be sat and set the young over. Yeah. Without the shadow of a doubt. It's weird how that happens, isn't it? Because I used to have to I used to have to force myself to stay in, whereas now I'd have to force myself to go out. Yeah, I think it's just, just age, old age. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, don't say that. Just... <laughs> I know, I'm feeling older all the time. Like, now my daughter's seven, eight this year, and I'm turning to my father. Like, she's playing all this music, and I'm like, this music, shit. <laughs> and I'm thinking, that's what my father used to think back when, when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, the other day, somebody, I read something somewhere, the 90s now to kids these days or like the 70s were when I was a kid. And the 70s seemed like yeah. super like old people. Me, me and my missus were having this conversation as well. We were talking about like how I used to turn on the radio and I used to always think to myself, I'm never going to fall behind. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, I'm never yeah. going to, I'm going to be relevant <laughs> with my music all the time. Yeah. And then like now I'm just like, turn out, I would like just stick your own playlist on, which yeah, is like 10 years old now. <laughs> like Stormzy, I can't get into that shit. 
I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> loads of people like him. I just can't. Oh, I, I still, think, I still like him. Like in but. my <laughs> in my head, I'm too old to listen to that shit. Yeah. But I, but then, when I was listening to Tupac, thinking I was cool as fuck, I thought I bet my old man was like, oh, "What's this shit that he's playing upstairs?" So it's when I felt really old is when Wayne Rooney became a football manager. <laughs> I was like, he only scored against Arsenal like the other day. Yeah. And now he's a manager. He's retired. And he, I'm like, he was like the youngest player not that long ago. Yeah, he was 16, <laughs> smashing it past David Seaman. And now he's a manager of a football. I'm like, where are those years gone? He's just gone. It's crazy, isn't it? It is. It's, it's, and that's another thing. It, it, life's too, life, I know it's a cliche, but it is way too short. Yeah. It And it does go like that. Go, going back to like your, your heart condition. Yeah. I, I can remember, uh, Someone, I was listening to someone on a podcast the other day, and they were talking about like how you've got two lives one before you realize, like before something major happens, and then the second life is realizing you've only got one or something. So it's yeah, like, yeah, well, what a profound, uh, I can remember I was about 18, 19, maybe, and saying to my father, So I'm indestructible. Like, I, I genuinely at that age, I thought, I can't die. I mean, I used to think if I have a car crash, I'll be, I'll be fine. Yeah, or I'd I'd be on the back of motorbikes with people and like the GPH videos pretty much, <laughs> but I I never thought I never it never bothered me and then I hit about mid twenties probably when I had my daughter and I was like oh I can't die and it was just like a, a switch like you won't find me on a motorbike now you know what I mean all those things the the death is a big reality and. This isn't the most fun podcast. I'm talking about dying all the time, but no, well, it no, is. But people need to hear it as well, don't they? But you've got to, you've got to, you take that. You could be all depressed and and like, oh, I don't want to die. And, and but you you've got to take that and go right. I'm not here forever. Let's make the most of it or do stuff I enjoy. That's basically what switch I, it on his head, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm doing things I enjoy now. Or I've always wanted to do. Whether they'll be successful is another thing. Like MCN, like Ricky Wright. I'm friends with Ricky. Met him through the boxing shows. And I've watched MCs on TV for years, and I thought I can do that without I got no background in it at all. But I thought I, I know, I'm better than this guy. So I said to Ricky, I said uh, I want to give that a go. He said, "All right, I'll help you." He said. So he, he got he, he texted me one day and said, "I got you a gig." I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> it's <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah, shit. I got to put my money where my mouth is. I give it the big one, saying I can do that. And he was in um in Cardiff. Oh, how can I not remember the name? Joe Calzaghi's cousin owns a place. And it's massive. It's huge, this place is. MTK have had shows in there and everything. And um, my first ever show was about 600 people in the audience. It was a white-collar boxing show. I just got, got my suit done, got in the ring, and, and done what I'd seen people do on TV. And I was all right. I thought, eh, that's easier than it looks. Don't get me wrong, I'm not at Ricky's level or anything, but... I've had some decent gigs since. I don't actively go chasing it like Ricky is his full time job. Yeah, fair play to him. Isn't it? But I, uh, I don't go chasing it. But if I get, he's got me stuff in the Liberty Stadium, and and I've gone to Bognor Regis to an MMA show a couple of times, and Bournemouth Auto Academy, and and some real good stuff. And I bet it's a buzz, isn't it? It can be. Yeah, it's it's all right when you're actually in there and and the lights are on. The Auto Academy in Bournemouth was. Amazing venue, real, real amazing. And um, when the lights are on you, and you know, like, there's a couple of YouTube clips of fights, and I'm the MC, you know that they're going to be on YouTube. It is a bit of a buzz, then, yeah. It's um, 
It's fun. It can be long and drawn out because I'm quite a reserved person normally. If I meet strangers or whatever, I'll say hello. And and but whereas Ricky is everybody's mate. Ricky, yeah. you meet Ricky and he'll talk your head off. But I'm not that kind of guy. Not not like miserable or nothing. I'm just quite. I don't know you, so I'll say hello and. Yeah, I'm much the same as yeah, well. To be yeah, honest, yeah. I don't like. I don't want to be the main attraction in the room. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Right? That's why I don't have birthday parties or anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, I couldn't think of anything worse. But yeah, it's um, that's that's another thing that I thought I, I'm going to give it a go. I think I'd like to do that. I've given it a go now. If I get other things, then great. But I don't. If it never happens again, I've given it a go. I'm happy with what I've done, and um, it's just ticked off the list. It's a cool thing to do, though, isn't it? I think it is good. Yeah, like like I say, been in Liberty Stadium and done it and. And all these like O2 Academy and uh, things I would never ever have dreamt of. I would have thought I'd be in a local workman's club or something if if I was lucky. Is this all post? Yeah, the operation yeah, and everything. Yeah. That Before my op, I hadn't done anything. I was twenty four. Was I twenty four or twenty six when I had my op? Sorry, yeah, twenty six. When I hadn't done anything. obviously I, I was engaged. Um, I was working nights. And I just had my daughter, and that was that was it. Since then, I've done writing, MCing, podcasting, um, boxing, coaching. That was a big thing. That was one of the main things I done when I first come back. So my brother was coaching um, the Warehouse ABC. It was called in Swansea. It was a new boxing club, and my brother was the head coach, and he was doing it on his own. And when I come back from my op, I wanted to get a bit fitter. So I started going down the gym, and then he said, because I, I, I know my boxing. At the time, I was, I, I think, was I writing then? I might have been writing as well, but I know my boxing, and I know my MMA. And he said, what, do you want to give me a hand doing this? I was like, well, I don't know. Yeah, he said, I'll, I'll teach you the pads, how to take pads and stuff. So I practiced and practiced with my brother, and got good at taking pads. And started training kids. Then I went on and done my coaching qualifications for, to be an amateur boxing coach. And me and my brother were doing it for a couple of years. We got one of the other boy our mates in as well to do it, and he done his qualifications. But yeah, it was it was it was fun. It, it, you're never going to make money out of it. It's not uh, if you want to be rich, don't be an amateur boxing coach because don't get paid. It's, it's completely voluntary. But when you see a kid, is the old cliche of they come in and they're quiet and they're reserved. And then a year down the line, they're in there fighting and they're coming up with the shell where I'm laugh in the car, they're all making friends in the gym. It is rewarding and and, and as cliche as it sounds, it, it is. Changing their lives is like, isn't it? Sort really? of, yeah. But on the flip side, like we packed it, I packed it in before my brother, um, mainly because you spend all this time on these kids, three days a week in the gym, training them. And then maybe on a Thursday, you could be done cardio until one in the morning taking him for a fight or her for a fight. And then spend all this time and you see them coming along, they're going to be real good. They find girls when they hit about 15 and you never see them again. Yeah. It's like, oh, just spent three years with that kid and he was that close to being brilliant. We had one Welsh champion. We trained from nothing, Chelsea. Um, she was, she's a, such a talent, but she won the Welsh title and, and she didn't realise what she'd done. Like my brother said, he said, it took me four goals to win a Welsh title. She went in on her first one, the Open Welsh, not the novice, the Open, won it. And um, when we went for food afterwards, we were all buzzing, so chuffed. 
she didn't. She was just like, oh. yeah. She was not any different. Like she was twelve. She was like, oh. I said you were the best. I think she was like forty six kilo, the best forty six kilo girl boxer in Wales. And she went, oh. yeah. <laughs> that was it. They wanted in a British squad and everything, and, and she never boxed again. It's crazy, isn't it? It's, it's, it's heartbreaking to a certain extent yeah, when you put all that time. But now I've, I've gone into the MMA side of it because if you give me a choice, like you can only watch one ever again, boxing or MMA. Most yeah, people yeah, would yeah. think, yeah, most people think I'll pick boxing, but I wouldn't. I, it'd, be, it'd be MMA. I remember my father getting me, well, getting him, but I had them off him, uh, UFC 1 and 2 on a VHS. I think I might have been about 11 or 12. Yeah. And I was, I was like, what's this? I'm watching it. And um, I think the first fight I seen was Gerard Gardot kicking, I think it's Tilly Tooley in the face, the big <laughs> Samoan. Yeah, um, I don't think I've watched that. that oh, way, but. It's, you find it on YouTube, but just watch that. Literally, he hits him. As he goes down, he just volleys him in the face and his teeth fly into the foot. I was like, <laughs> what Grim. is this? And that was the first fight I seen. I was like, what's this? And then he got... Guy Archer, my son, coming in with a one boxing glove on. It's crazy knew. what they used to do, isn't it? They didn't the have day. a clue, not yeah. a clue. Or the only in one the who was really stuff, yeah was Hoist Gracie in the gi, who won it for the first like three times, I think. And Ken Shamrock had been in Pancrase, and he knew what he was doing, submission wrestling wise. But other than that, they were just out of shape, didn't have a clue, just getting in there thinking they, I'm a tough guy. Local hard men trying to have a scrap. Yeah, it, that's it, really? exactly what it was. But I watched it, and I was like, what is this? I like this, and I think I had like three and four on VHS, and I went a couple of years with nothing because obviously I d- I didn't have it on Sky or cable or whatever it was. Just had those two VHSs. Yeah, watched them over and over, and then I think it must have been talking mid two thousands. Ultimate Fighter Series One was when I really got back into it, and from then on it's just been nonstop. I don't think you like for me. I watched a bit of football when I was younger, kind of went off from watching sports in general. But I think once you start watching MMA, you just can't, it's a job to watch anything else and be as satisfied with watching it. And yeah, it's... like I can appreciate boxing. Like when Liam Williams fights now, next week or week after, whenever it is, yeah. I'm going to be watching it because yeah, I'm a big I'll... fan. Yeah. Big fan of Liam because he brings back that old, nasty, horrible bastard boxer that used to be about back in the day. Yeah. But he's bringing it back. He's horrible. Nice guy, but and he wants to. <laughs> he literally wants to hurt the person opposite him. I think I seen his Instagram earlier, and it was something savage he put on the post. Like doesn't care. He really wants to hurt people, and I got a lot of time for that. But <laughs> <laughs> but you can't compare boxing to MMA in my eyes because boxing. The problem is the promoters is they want to protect. Protect. It's all about the O. Got to yeah. protect that O. Got to protect. And and when. A guy loses one fight, everyone writes him off. Oh, well, was he, if he loses his next fight, he's done. He's never going to be Mayweather. That's pretty no, much what. Yeah, like, it's uh, like, well, this guy, uh, what's his name? Gorman. Um, Nathan Gorman. Yeah. Right? People say I look like him as Alan's. But. Uh, <laughs> no comment. He, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, a fair, it's a fair shout. But um, he lost against Dubois. Yeah. I think it was Dubois. And I seen something not so long ago. He's coming on his comeback fight from that loss. Oh, what? Where does he go if he loses this fight? I'm thinking he's twenty. He'll be twenty and two. He carries on as normal. 
in MMA, that's a that's real that, good yeah, record. That's outstanding. Yeah, yeah. Mark Hunt had a record of something like fifteen wins, sixteen losses, yeah, or something like, like that. But Daniel Cormier has got a worse record than that. Like isn't exactly. It? Uh, you tell me, Mark Hunt's fight, and I'm going to watch because he's entertaining. Win, yeah. lose, or draw. Um, that's the difference. It's not as protected. The best fight the best, and you can't tell me it's boxing is more exciting than MMA. There's so many ways to win in MMA and so many ways to lose. It can literally change like that. Whereas boxing, it's very, very rare that you can't go, this guy's going to win, 100%. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's more often than not, like Williams now, it's a tough one to call. It is a tough one to call. Yeah, this, when, it, when it comes down to world titles, I feel like things start... They do step up. Some, some, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, you had Canelo versus Yildirim the other day. Yeah, that was just a... What's the point? Like, yeah. Chris Eubank Jr. beat Yildirim about three years ago. And quicker than what um, Canelo done, apparently. But it's that's that's the problem. And and when you get to domestic level boxing, then it's it's a joke. It's all on ticket sales. If you don't sell tickets, you could be the, the best boxer they've ever seen. But if you don't sell tickets, you won't... When no one will know who you are ever. Lee Selby was lucky in a way that the Sanagas decided to back him because he couldn't sell out his living room. Yeah. To be honest, not to be a nice class. I love Lee Selby, but it's just fact of the matter. It's crazy how it works like that. Like it yeah. is. Yeah, he he couldn't. He had to go and fight away on the road because he couldn't sell enough tickets to warrant a show. But then you got someone like Di Davis from Merthyr, who's won a couple of Welsh titles. Never going to be a British champion or anything like that. But tough bloke. But he'd sell out half of Mirtha. So there's always shows on in Mirtha they used to be before you retired because they know he'd shift three, four hundred tickets and then you bring everyone else from the valleys like the Gavin Gwynns and stuff, sprinkle those tickets in as well and you've got a thousand people in uh, Mirtha Tidville Leisure Centre. It's wild to me how, the, how it works like that because you think they should do all the promotion. Like it, For a fighter, it must be well stressful being a boxer oh, leading 100%. up to fight week, trying to sort all your tickets out and everything. It's something that they don't need on top of, like you go in and someone's trying to hurt you. Yeah. Someone's trying to punch you in the face and you're worrying about your mate Steve who still loves you 30 quid. Don't need it, do you? No, you don't. And and before the fights, I've seen promoters, before the fights, sorting out the tickets, before the, the he comes to the leisure centre, they're like, right, let's take your money. And I'm thinking, this guy's fighting in an hour and a half. And you're worrying about... It's like disrespectful in a way, isn't it, to what they're, what they're going in to do. It's bonkers. That's what it is. It's absolutely bonkers. No, don't get me wrong. In, in domestic level MMA, amateur MMA stuff, it goes on ticket sales. But if you were good at MMA and Cage Warrior snap you up like a Ben Ellis or something like that, then it's not necessarily about ticket sales. They they, they are backing you. Yeah. So you, you still sell tickets and stuff, but Cage Warriors, like... um. Owen Elliott. Yeah. Cage Warriors are backing him. He doesn't necessarily have to worry about how many tickets he sells. Because Cage no. Warriors have gone, we think you're all right. I, th- I think him. he's got potential to be 100%. a star, like, because he can talk as well with it. It's... Yeah, exactly. Like, we had him on the podcast after he beat Lily. He beat Lily on Cage Warriors. Um, Lily took him on, like, four days' notice or something. Stupid. <laughs> See, but, he just loves it, doesn't he? Uh, That's he, he genuinely, like, he's a lovely guy. He's not one of these that goes around throwing his weight around or anything, you wouldn't know. He's a bit of a geek, to be honest, Lily. He is. He loves Star Wars and writing poems and all this shit. <laughs> He's as far removed from a, fi- a fighter, you would think, but I've never met anyone who loves fighting as much as Lily. Like, <laughs> I sent him a text one day, messing, I think my missus was pregnant again. 
So I sent him a text messaging around saying, all right, mate, I'm going to need you help. As in to say mess around, someone's got my missus up with that. <laughs> he didn't even, like, normal response would be, what's the matter, mate? Who, who is it? What's up? He just texted me back, picked me up. Didn't even ask any <laughs> questions, just picked me up. Let's go and have a ruck. He, that's the kind of guy he is. He's, no, he's not scared of anyone, which yeah. I find absolutely, it's like, Different worlds, like, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's hard for me. I'm the same mate as well. It's yeah. nuts, isn't it? Yeah, you literally wouldn't know who you're turning up to. He's no, but like these days, now I'm I, I've been coaching an MMA for three years, I think it is, uh, with a team, um, two four MMA in Swansea and uh, and the striking strike striking coach. I, I, I don't like calling myself a coach, I just all pants around and, and stuff, <laughs> but been pretty successful so far. We've got a couple of good guys and um. It's just the mentality of these kids that are coming in. Like, we've got a guy, Josh. Oh, Josh, Josh, 21. He comes from a judo background. The nicest guy you'll ever meet. You should get him on here one day. The nicest guy. British-level judo guy. Travelled the world of Great Britain judo. Um, Brazil, uh, Japan, you name it. He's been everywhere. And he come in, and you would never know that this guy could absolutely snap you into a million pieces yeah. apart from the massive cauliflower year he got on one side now that is anybody watching this who, who thinks they, they're tough and they go to town and let's have a fight with people check out their years first if they're not a big <laughs> massive rugby player with cauliflower years chances are they're going to beat you up so yeah, yeah always check this, this, uh, anyone I always check the years on anyone mate it's crazy what someone like my mate does a bit of wrestling he, he's not like a any sort of level with it, but he's had a bit of training and the different, like I, I don't do anything. And I, I just tried to have a wrestle with him. Like I'm a few stone heavier than him. No chance. Just push me around like, like for fun and that. People don't realize what they can't do. Yeah. It's like, I thought like, oh, I've I watched enough MMA, watch it for years. I know what this move is, that move is. Until someone's laying on top of you and you're trying to get them off. So tired you get as well, isn't oh, it? Oh, <laughs> it's horrendous. It's is a different kind of cardio. It, to you can go like you've had loads of boxers and fighters on you. Three minute rounds, they do. You could get Lily now off the set, and he'll do ten two minute rounds, no problem. But you lay on your back after a minute of struggling. It's just it's real bad place to be. Yeah, <laughs> there ain't many Stopping worse you places. From breathing as well, aren't they? Every so restricting like... absolute and and also trying to choke you unconscious at the same time. <laughs> It's uh, it's a real bad place to be if you don't know what you're doing, and it's surprising how many people do know what they're doing these days. Because jujitsu and and wrestling, like we've got our in our gym, our main wrestling coach is the best wrestler in uh, Britain, one Curtis Dodge. He fights yeah. for, fights for Bellator. I was speaking to him the other day. Actually, yeah. we're gonna have him on some point. He's, he'd be good. Yeah, yeah, he was on ours, and and he's he's good, and he's our wrestling coach, um, in our gym, and. He is ridiculously athletic, right? He's so strong for the like he fights at like seventy kilo, walks around the world mid seventies. He's he's a freak, and the same goes with Josh, the, uh, the guy we got. He's such a nice guy. You never know, but he's oh my, the, the actual core strength of this kid is he's scary. Yeah, like, we've got a couple of them now. They come in through. Um, we got another boy, Yohan. Who's also a judo guy. He's a freak. He's unbeaten. Josh is un- Josh is like ranked uh, in two weight classes, top ten in two weight classes in 
Britain for amateur MMA. Yeah. I think he's a lightweight and welterweight. He's ranked in both. Um, but we got a couple of good guys coming through and, and we went on like a lockdown, secret lockdown show up in Rex, some it was. Uh, <laughs> Sounds dodgy. It, it was. <laughs> no, it was It was all right. It was, it was streamed on. You could buy pay-per-view for it, but they moved it from Manchester because the police were going to raid it and moved it to Wrexham and nobody knew where it was till the day of the show and so we were all going in every temperature check after wear a mask but like Brad Pickett was in there um, uh, James Doolan from Scotland who's got Stevie Ray who's in the UFC he's got a load of good fighters top top guys and um, Luke Barnett was the commentator who's in the UFC ultimate fighter so I was looking and thinking oh Christ and it, all these people and I, I was cornering against Brad Pickett yeah, but it was wild. It was crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Three of us in the corner. Myself, Dino Gambatessa, who's the head coach. He's uh, he was like number two in Europe at one point MMA for Cage Warriors and stuff. And then we got Omi then, our Jiu Jitsu coach, Jiu Jitsu black belt. And he's like, um, you listen to Joe Rogan. He's like an Eddie Bravo type. Omi, he um, he takes Jiu Jitsu. And then thinks of different ways to do things. He's like a oracle. He's he's yeah. There's jujitsu that people go to, and then they come to us and they're like, "Oh, this is this is different." I'm not just saying that because our gym, CF twenty four, they called the jujitsu side. They speak for themselves in terms of medals and, and podiums, and considering it's quite a small club, there's one in Cardiff, there's one in Swansea. He is thinking, and Bryn, the other guy. They think of of unbelievable things really and, yeah. and that is where we're heading at the moment it's it's, it's looking good and we we got a couple of good guys and so your your goal is obviously to try and get someone like a breakthrough for your gym then is it eventually like yeah to... yeah obviously the goal for a, any any gym or, or any fighter is the ufc yeah and with the likes of brett john phillips jack marshman jack shaw before he was like I dream a bit like when it in yeah, the past. Yeah, but you see these guys, like yeah, it is a totally achievable dream, no? Totally achievable. Like Orban, he he he's definitely all right. He had a setback. Everyone gets setback. People are looking at it like boxing. Oh, he's lost. No, he's done. No, he's not. You learn more from that than he would from all the other wins combined. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Loads more from that, and he'll come back way better, way better. That's just a lesson in life as well, isn't yeah, it? For and, and the guy he lost to, he win no bum. Figlack, yeah. Figlack is legit. He's on a tear now, isn't he? He's won oh, another yeah. one, isn't he, since? Yeah. Or maybe two since. And his brother. I think yeah. it's two. And his brother. They they are real good. They could go all the way as well. So he hasn't lost to just anybody. He's lost to a legit, real good guy. And it's a real... It is a real possibility that... We, we've looked at a couple of our boys and gone... Definitely... Could get him in, yeah. We believe he's good enough to make it, and all our guys are like nineteen to twenty-one. Have you told them yet, or are you uh, holding off? To... <laughs> um, they sort of they they're not very big-headed at all. They just obsessed by training, pretty much. Um, obviously it's hard now with COVID and all this nonsense. It's sort of it's derailed everybody for for twelve months, pretty much. Yeah, they've lost twelve months of training and and possible growth, but. These guys know that they're good, but they're not. They're not cocky with it. They're not arrogant with it. 
they're always ready. Like, all right, I'm good. Josh is what five and all or whatever, but he knows there's someone on the corner that could take yeah, him up. Yeah. He knows he's good, but then like Dino will spar him, and Dino, you say, was top in Europe as a pro. He's fought Brad Peckett. He's fought real good guys, and um, so Dino can always bring him down a peg. But then Dino saying, "I don't know how long I can hang with these kids." They get in the better of me. That's how good they are. And like Ricky Wright is is um in with the I, uh, IMAF, the Welsh um amateur team. Yeah. And they've got eyes on all our guys to take them to represent Wales and stuff while they're still amateur. So Josh Josh is be the first one to turn pro, depending on how COVID goes this year and stuff. But yeah, he he'll be turning pro. He might have one or two more amateur fights, depending on What's allowed? Yeah, but yeah, he's. Uh, Where do they go before? Like, you turn pro? Are you like kind of looking to go straight into Cage Warriors then, or is there somewhere? It depends else? how good you are, really. Like, Dino hosts a show called Budo, Budo Wales. That's his promotion. He puts shows up on Swansea. Um, then there's Adrenaline, which is uh, James Wallace. He puts shows up. Uh, Shake used to put shows Cage Warriors Wales. Josh has fought on. I think it was the undercard of Cage Warriors 105 in the Viola Arena in Cardiff. Yeah. Josh fought on the undercard of Jack Shaw's world title fight. I think I was there that night, yeah. Was you? Yeah. Which was crazy because like, the cage is huge. Yeah. I got in there. I was like, ah, oh. shoved in across the cage. It was massive. This but, is going to sound stupid, but it's cold in there. Like, oh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, the first time I ever went there was to watch Liam Williams versus Corcoran. Yeah. And again, yeah, it's a nice arena, but I didn't think... Oh, no, I know. I was, like, wearing trainer socks. Obviously, oh, you got was... shoes on, but you're in there, and you're like, I wish I'd bought so much more. We were there for about... Because Jay Harris... Have we got Jay on you? He, no. We've got to get on you. Jay, and he's obviously from Swansea, and we, we all know him, so we bought tickets from Jay. Went up to watch Jay, but obviously Liam as well, but Jay was on early, so we were there for about six hours, freezing our tits off. My brother's in a t-shirt. He's like, oh, I'm going to get like perfume, you know. It was absolutely Baltic in there, yeah. I don't know why you would think any different, but... It's just, you don't think, I'm going to a boxing show. If you're going to watch Cardiff Devils, then fair enough. If you're going to a boxing show. Yeah, they're literally like thin mats, aren't they? Just laying on top of the ice. I think it was plywood when I was there. Was it, yeah? Yeah, plywood there, and, and that was that. I was like, oh, it was proper cold, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was Baltic. I couldn't believe it. I was like... How stupid am I? Like, I expect I expect there's a hundred people in oh, there in definitely. the same boat. We, isn't it? we couldn't wait to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was literally saying because we got there early as well to watch like some of the amateurs and whatever. Is it? Because they, they do have amateurs. Do they have amateurs? No, not in uh, in in MMA. They do in in cage warriors. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like Josh, like I say, Josh, Josh is still an amateur. Yeah, so I think he was. I think he was three and oh, no, two and oh then. Yeah, and he fought a guy from Scotland who was two and one. So yeah, we, we try and match him. Um, as hard as we can, because what's the point in got nothing to lose at amateur? Like really, have you? No, it's all learning. And and what's the point in giving them? They could go ten and zero in amateur, turn them pro, and they're soon going to get tested. If they haven't been tested in amateur, then they're going to find out sooner or later in the pros that this is either for them or not, or they're not as good as they thought. So now, when Dino matches Josh, there's not there's not a lightweight amateur lightweight in Britain he'll turn down for Josh. If number one comes calling, he'll accept it without hesitation. That's yeah. how that's how good we think he is. And the last guy he beat on that lockdown secret one, 
the guy was 4-0. They were both, both 4-0 or was the guy 5-0? Anyway, they're both undefeated. And we just went, yeah, got to find out sooner or later. Yeah, definitely, mate. And if, if you want to be number one, that's the only way to do it, really, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. You've got to be... With Josh, we're at that point where we don't think we won't turn anyone down. He's that good. But building up to that, you've got to you've got to pick wisely whether it's the right time. But the the similar um, records you look at basically. But yeah, we got a couple of boys where you think put them in. Yeah, you suppose you get to the point where you don't want to like you don't want them to get put off by the sport, do you? No, no. But you also then want to. See them excel every time they get in. The yeah, ring, really, exactly. Don't you? you you've got to manage them, manage them correctly, basically. Yeah, but that's yeah. a job in itself. Like it is, yeah. Job. And and we're lucky, really, that Dino has got so much experience. He's like twenty-two pro fights, well respected. Omi's been doing jiu-jitsu for umpteen years and the black belt and highly respected. He fights some Polaris and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's 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 very good. And then he got me then tagging along. So <laughs> I says, I said, I said, oh, but when I was in the Viola Arena, we were there all day. And it was empty. I took a picture of the empty arena with all the cameras set up for BT Sports and stuff. Sent to my brother, said, how have I managed to wangle this one? <laughs> how have I managed? It's obviously, he's doing something right, mate. Isn't well, it? I'm, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't take praise too well, like Dino says a lot, but I don't take it too, too well. I, I'm always. Always looking to improve, put it that way. That's the best way. That's probably how you are where you are doing it then, isn't it? Possibly, yeah, yeah. But again, you've always got that thing of, you see it all the time. If you've never fought, you can't be a good coach. That's absolutely bollocks, to be honest with you. I understand you can't, to a certain extent, you can't put yourself in their place, obviously, because you haven't fought. Don't know what they're going through before those things. But what they don't realise is I get more nervous than the fighters, I think. Yeah. Because I'm invested in these guys. I've seen them come from nothing to going into a real fight. And, like, one of the boys, I'm one of the boys who trains under us, I've known him since he was a baby. He's 29 now or something. Ricky. And uh, so I get real nervous because I've known him since he was born, lived next door to my mother, lived next door to me as a kid. So I'm really invested in these. You put all the time. I mean, I'll finish work, go home, have a shower, down the gym, get home at nine o'clock some nights. Yeah. Because you're padding these guys and stuff. And you want them to do well. You really want them to do well. Yeah. Not just for for the gym, more for them. Because they put loads of hard work in. Real, real tough times. Like. What was it like when you were in the corner for like Lily doing the bare knuckle? Because is, yeah. is that like a different thing sat there, you're in like the bare fist? It is, yeah. Or is it like a weird thing setting someone out to do that? Yeah, it is, to be honest, because... I, I, I've cornered in loads of sports, uh, MMA, kickboxing, boxing, but then bare knuckle, Lily was like, no. so I helped pad him, and so it was me, Dino, and his mate, Lee, <laughs> and Lee, I haven't got no, he just went up, come up with us, and um, <laughs> just fill the spot, he, like. he, just, he just carried the flag out, <laughs> and uh, so I was like, Combat sport, love combat sports. Yeah, happy days to have some of this. And it was the night that Daniel Lowell's first fight in BKB. It was that night, and um, it's a bit strange because we're all up there, everyone's in the same room looking at each other. Like, lady sitting over there, and this guy sitting over there. Everyone's in the same changing room. 
So kind of like this. But then they, I didn't know what to expect either because I'd never cornered in a bare knuckle. You've got to take in consideration um, breaking your hands and, and you can't punch flat out. Yeah. You've got to change the way you punch because you hurt your fingers and loads of different things. And this was the first time really, apart from a couple of amateur boxing fights where my brother wasn't there, where I was the lead cornerman. It was, it was me. Obviously, Dino was with me, but he was he was basically on me. And don't get me wrong, Lily's not the best listener in the world. Not by any stretch of your imagination. He's supposed to go out there and get it done like that? Yeah, it's like, well, like the guy he fought was called Morgan Starkey, and he was an MMA fighter, and he only had one punch. If you ever watch a video back on YouTube, he just throws a massive overhand right. And Lily ate about four of them, clean. I was like, oh, what are you doing? That's the only punch he got, and you're getting caught with it. And he was like, all right, yeah, yeah. So he was boxing lovely. He was the best boxer on the show by a country mile. But then he come back at the end of the second. It was only three-round fight. He goes, uh, I broke my hand. He dropped. He hit, he hit Starkey on the forehead, dropped him. And he's like, I've hurt my, I, I broke my hand. I was like, yeah. He said, well, you want me to pull you up, do you? No. So don't worry about it then. <laughs> so he said, you got two more minutes. I said... Jab, get on the jab. If you are going to throw your right hand, throw it to the body. It's a bit softer than his head. Yeah. He's like, yeah, right then, sorted. So he won, he won comfortably. But then we were watching the show, obviously, because Daniel was fighting as well. So we were watching the show, and what fight was it? It was um, Travis Dickinson, who used to be like, sure he used to be a British like middleweight champion or something in pro boxing. So I knew who he was. He was fighting some Croatian fella. And the sound of those shots. I was standing there <laughs> up against the curtain watching it. And Dave Courtney, the gangster, yeah. was there going, all right, lads, what's happening? <laughs> Pulling knuckle dusters out. And it's like, fuck it, this mad old fuck about And all these London gangsters and stuff. And we watch it. And should you heard some of the shots, it was like, I love a good watching a good scrap. But I was watching that and I was like, oh my God, this is even too brutal for me. Yeah, it is, and and I could imagine it's hard to look at. Like for that Travis Dickinson fight was stopped as well because it must have been a fractured eye socket. His eye was out. You, it was horrendous, and he still wanted to carry on, and they had to stop the fight. It was absolutely horrendous, and he was walking past us, face like an elephant man. And I was like, "Fucking hell!" And then Dan went in, watch it against Peter Radford. If you watch it back, Dan takes this shot. Lucky he got a chin, basically, because this Radford hit him flush. And I could hear it from the back of the room. It was like, real. I was like, oh, and he just hit it. And just carried on coming forward and hitting him. I was like, Jesus. And then he hit him. And he went down like a tree, Radford. Have you seen that I think I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, he went down like a tree. And then we were in the change room, because everyone's in the same change room. So we were in the change room afterwards. And Radford come in then. Daniel was like Daniel's a really nice guy. Oh, I've had him in here. Yeah, yeah really lovely bloke. And and he was like shaking his hand. I know you were right and checking him. And Radford said something like, oh, "Stop that too early." John Phillips turned around and went like, "Ah, you fucking mad or you still be sleeping <laughs> if I am woke you up, you had He was like, "Oh, I don't think so." He was like, "Are oh, you fucking nuts?" Who I said, but yeah, was he, he the was, one with the long hair? Was it? Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, he came in walking like a dev, and yeah, and and oh, he iced him. Oh, he iced him bad. That was like that's like in all the top ten videos they ever yeah, do. He it? goes down like a tree. Yeah, because he he was about seven foot tall as well. And you you look at Dan now, the shape on Dan now compared to that fight, 
He's two different people. Dan's in tremendous shape now. Oh, he's, he looks to be like a man on a mission at the minute. Yeah, he's, he's training. It's, it's, I've talked a couple of times over this. It's the perfect sport for the perfect the, the per, match made in heaven. Because he's done MMA. He's done unlicensed boxing. And I think he's a... I think he's either a brown or black belt in judo as well, Dan. Yeah. So he's Andy. Everyone knows he's Andy. But this has just matched perfect for his skill set, his ability. I've seen him in MMA win some, lose some. He's never really um, focused himself in terms of training. And Yeah, he admit that himself. Yeah, yeah, but now it's like a different block. And Jason Williams, his coach, he's one of the best coaches, in my opinion. I've told Lily loads of times, said, try and get go with Jason. Because... Jason was a uh, pro Welsh champion. He'd be a good one to have. I had him on the podcast, me and Lily did, and he was really good. Yeah, Real good yeah. chat, really enjoyable. And he started his own box of tricks, it's called, um, his own sort of... Yeah, I've seen him, yeah. right? he trains John Phillips as well. A bit, yeah, he, he does uh, He does a bit of pads with John. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> Break your hands like Yeah, <laughs> your elbows would be out of sock. I've been that? trying to get him on here for ages, but he, he's ducking me. <laughs> John, yeah, he's not mad to get older. Like he is, yeah, extremely busy. We like I was lucky in a way that I think he come on. I was like three times, but Lily's best mates. Yeah, they used to live together and stuff, so it's 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 easier that way. But um, yeah, Jason Jason Williams, he's a, he's adapted his boxing coaching perfectly for bare knuckle. Yeah, you know he's he's very switched on. He's taken Dan. And he's gone, right, this is Dan's strengths. These are his weaknesses. Let's work this, but we've got to adapt it because it's not the same sport. It is, although people go, oh, it's boxing with no gloves on. It's not. It's a different sport because you can't throw punches in bare knuckle the way you can in in boxing. Yeah, they're brittle, aren't they? Your hands are oh, so brittle. That's why the gloves are there, like, isn't it? Exactly. You you can't do it. The gloves not only protect you, and that's why people get hurt in boxing. Because you get knocked down, you're an eight count. Most of the time, that person shouldn't carry on. So they've been knocked out. Well, yeah, they've had, they've yeah, had the yeah, brain yeah. trauma, haven't really, they? Really, yeah. You shouldn't really carry on. And a fighter's never going to go, I've had enough. Very, very rare. Fighters, you've got to, you've got to protect a fighter from themselves. Yeah. They're going to come, you'd have to carry them out there. The gloves give you a false sense. They don't, they, they allow you, not, they don't only protect your hand, they allow you to take more damage. Because the guy can keep punching it without hurting himself. Yeah, because it's not clean knockout either. You don't no. feel like the damage is done. Exactly, here. and you've done it to your hand. So you can keep punching him. Whereas in bare knuckle, if you hit him flat out and you catch him on the forehead, you break your hand. Yeah, you know. You've only it, got like. one in you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you're lucky, but more often than not, you've only got one or two in you. Real hard punches, clean punches. The rest, you've got to be tactical. You've got to think about it. I think you, Sean George said he's never broke his hands. Which there's is a, just crazy to me. Yeah, there's a tough bloke for you now. Yeah. Lovely bloke. Have you... Have you I've had him on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sound mate. What a lovely bloke. I, I I had him on. Well, that was sort of the... <laughs> I, I want to take, don't want to take credit, but we will. But the bare knuckle explosion in Wales, because Sean was already doing it. And at that point, everyone thought, bare knuckle. It's just loads of gypsies in a barn, surrounded by hay, hitting crap with each other. That's what it was when he started, I think. Pretty much, yeah, but... <laughs> My mate Dan, Dan Gums, who does all the gum shields, he knew Sean. He said, oh, get him on, get him on. I was like, oh, I don't know about this, some bare knuckle guy. Like, BKB wasn't really a thing, and nobody knew about yeah. it. So I was like, oh, I don't know. All right, we'll have him on. It'd be interesting. So Lily couldn't make it. So I went up to Cardiff. 
Dan's house. We went all our food and interviewed um, Sean on there. And that, he told us about the rules and everything. Because I, 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 I had no idea about Ben at all. So it's a bit barbaric. He said, no, there's rules. Like, the doctor can throw the red towel in, stop the fight at any time. There's a 20 count. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, that's actually really good. That's actually well thought out and sounds like there's there's rules in place and could be a proper sport. Um, after that, Lily said, because I've acted as Lily's manager as well sometimes, Padman manager, you name it. <laughs> he texts me, he said, get me in bare knuckle. I was like, all right, so I found Jim on Facebook, um, Jim Freeman. Just messaged him. So look, I got a guy for you. This is his pro boxing record. This is a pro MMA record. He's a fight. He was like, I get 50 messages a day. Most of them are divs saying, I'll fight, I'll fight. I said, no, no, he's this, he's this. He'll do it. You're all right. And so on. And within a month, Lily had signed a contract. Lily started fighting and then Dan started fighting. Lily had one fight. Then on his second fight was when I cornered him and Dan had his first fight. And it's just snowballed on from there. Yeah, there's a lot of Welsh guys like Rocky Morgan. I've had him on. Exactly. He's Rocky. good. He's some brutal knockouts. Is a oh, he's he's another one made for it. Yeah, I know he's done pro boxing and and he fought he fought my mate in uh, unlicensed boxing and one of the Budo shows as well. And um, I think he had like two pro fights, something like that. But yeah, he's made for it. Yeah, definitely. he's just a little tank, isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah I've watched him spar Lily and oh, should he, should go down with your camera and tape some of them. That, Those those are some proper... Paid to see it like with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I walked out once. I thought someone's getting iced by I know. But then they, they hug and shake hands and off they go. It's, it's proper. There's no messing around. I don't feel like Craig could not throw hard. No. Like, I don't... Yeah. Like, you know, when you just see it, when you see him fight, he's you just, just think like he's... He must, he's compact power. He's like Tyson in any the way he moves. Like, he's yeah, like he's down. Tight. Yeah. He's another one. Just wants to knock you out. Yeah. Just wants to knock you out. And <laughs> I got loads of time for that. He, he's another one made for... You want to watch him fight, don't you? Yeah, he's exciting. Yeah, he's exciting. definitely. Like Dan Chapman won the other day. Um, Dan's pedigree is ridiculous when it comes to GB boxing and stuff. I'm pretty sure he was in like Danny Joshua and stuff. Yeah, his pedigree is 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 mad. But so he, he won yeah, really. controversy around all that, and there with Sean's. Uh, yeah, well, look, Sean picked like. up an injury. All right, it didn't look like. An headbutt. It's the worst headbutt injury I've ever seen, if it is. Who am I to say it's not? I, I exactly, think yeah. People split in weird ways as well, don't they? Exactly. It, anything could have happened. You don't know. And, and knowing Sean, he could have had a little cut and carried on and made it made it worse because he's that type of guy. He just, ah, it's all right. It's all right I don't feel on. like he's a liar either. No. I, I don't get that from him. Like he's No, he's in love. He's, he's, although he's like softly spoken... I've seen him in like Eberville because I, I work in supermarkets um, doing fridges. Yeah. So I've been in like Tesco's and I've met him five, six times. And I, I'd be walking in Eberville and he's going, hey, how's it going, man? Uh, I'm like, oh, you know what I mean, he, he actually took time to remember and he's a really nice guy, but let's not mess around. The guy's nails. Yeah. Absolutely nails. He fought Muay Thai, MMA, boxing, bare knuckle, you name it, he's done it. So... For people to go, he's a shit house. He's bottled it. It couldn't be further from the truth. That's absolute bollocks. That is. It oh, is. Mate, I like. I went back and forth with him a little bit. Like when found out about the cut or whatever, and he was gutted. Oh yeah, absolutely uh, gutted. Like because he put in so much work for it. That's that's the last thing he wanted to do was pull out that fight. Oh, he's 
and I've never seen anyone train like him in my life. Yeah. He's like, he's obsessed. He gets up at three in the morning, showers under a cold, freezing cold <laughs> tap outside the gym, and then goes to work on They a, need to make a film out of him in the future, don't yeah, they? I he's, reckon. He's, like. he's an original, put it that way. There's not many built like him anymore. No. Nah. Most people who can't get, get him up to go for a five-mile run. He's up three o'clock every morning without fail, training his nuts off. So regardless of how the cut come about, I, I don't see any reason to say that he's lying. No. Uh, no, it's it's it was a bad cut, the worst I'd seen. Um but then I personally think like Jim don't particularly like me and Ben at all. No. No, he's blocked me a couple of times because <laughs> I call it as I see it yeah. pretty much. Um I don't I don't see the point in fucking about with Oh yeah, but I know I can see why they want Dan to be champ. He's got the skills, he's got the luck, he's got the pedigree. Following as well, that's always a helps, like, doesn't it? But you can't tell me that John Spencer deserves a world title shot. I know they want Dan to be world like that's not fuck about. Dan versus Sean. They want Dan to win that. Because Dan is Sean's on, on well, they the, want like the passing of the guard in here to the yeah, new, yeah. new and, and sort Dan, of breed Dan will sell pay-per-views Dan looks good Dan talks well like Sean has been there done it I'd love to see Sean win another title but he is and he, he said it himself he's he's on the way out now whereas Dan has just come straight in he's got all the pedigree they can they can keep piping that out GB GB and he's good he's not just looks good he's Different as well, though, isn't he? The way he moves and everything is fucking it, it dangerous. Is different, like, he's yeah. fucking dangerous. Um, but personally, I think they should have. All right, Sean didn't fight. Get Dan a fight. By all means, he, he's trained his nuts off to fight Sean. All right, he'll always have that world title shot with Sean when he's fit. Get John Spencer, and by all means, leave him have a fight. And John Spencer lasted longer than I thought he would, to be honest. So I've seen him. He's one of these guys. Proper nails, like will fight any sport, any notice. Yeah, he's one of them. He's like four or five of them travel the country. They'll fight MMA on a Friday and then bare knuckle on a Saturday. They lunatics. They they'll proper hard blocks. There's no he wasn't he wasn't a pushover, but he's nowhere near the level of of Dan. Nowhere near the level of Dan. Yeah. And I just I was like world title on it, really. That, I that, think that's just a selling point, isn't it? Yeah, but that, that diminishes the, the credibility of, of the actual brand itself. Yeah. Like, you virtually get... You're not giving it, because he is getting it and, and getting it and stuff, but there was no way that John Spencer was ever going to beat Dan. No way. And he should have... I'll probably get blocked again now, but... <laughs> <laughs> but Hi, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's, he's giving me loads of shit on Facebook and about our podcast and stuff. The thing is, though, you know, like you talking about it like this, this is only, like, giving more eyes to the sport, though, isn't it? I think, like, good or bad, yeah, it's, they need oh, to accept yes, yeah. both. I, I've been, I've been not critical, because it's, it's definitely got a, it's a market for it, definitely, but I don't see where it can go, as in MMA and boxing, judo, anything like that. You're going to have kids. That start when they're nine, going. I want to be, yeah, the next Conor McGregor or the next Liam Williams, whatever. You're never ever gonna get a nine year old going. I want to be the next Jimmy Sweeney. Chuck those gloves in the bin. Let's go for it. It's it, you can't 
you can't bring kids through. You're always going to have the former boxer, former MMA champion. You, you get better um, pedigree of former yeah. fighters like Dan. That's that's one of the best boxers they've ever had. But it's never, it's not a sustainable sport, I think, in that terms of bringing the youngsters through. It's going to be difficult to have lower leagues of it. But there is, though. I see other promotions, but they're not lower leagues, really. Are they? Yeah. They're kind of like... But how, how sanctioned are they? Or Not sanctioned, because... Is there any sanction in bare knuckle? Let's be honest. Obviously, there's got to be some sort of... It's legal, but... Yeah. You're kind of signing your waiver, probably, aren't you? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a part of it I don't really know too much about. But I can't see where it can grow. Ben, a BKFC in America, they are chugging loads of money in by the look of it. They've yeah. got a good... They have the stars, aren't they? Yeah, good platform. Um, good, a good production. It's presented well. But again, you're always going to have former... Like Paige Van Zandt. All right, she's 24, 26, whatever she is. She's not going to do it. She'll have two or three fights. She'll be out. She'll get her loads and loads of money. But are you really going to get fans that are going to last 20 years off the back of Paige Van Zandt. Probably not. You're going to have a short-term gain and nothing after that. So Same with like Artem Lobov, isn't it? They had him fighting that Jason novelty. Knight. It's a novelty thing. Oli Malinaji, isn't it? Yeah, well, the Jason Knight fight, they, they batted each other. That that was kind of like anyone who had an argument for them never to do it. That was yeah, the fight to watch, isn't it? Because they're not going to teeth out, aren't they? Oh, it was bad. That's what I mean. It is... I take my hat off to anyone who does it, mine. Like... You watch Bare Knuckle, uh, BKB. Some of them you think, he looks like a bag of shit. But they genuine. Anyone who gets in that ring is an hard fucker. There's no, yeah. there ain't no getting round it. Even the guys who aren't very good at it. Like the guys who always get beat, like um, Navarro. Yeah. He's been in with Barry Jones. He's been in with them all. Like Tyler Goodjohn. Sean, Tyler Goodjohn, yeah. That guy just gets a tune in all the time. But you've got to take <laughs> your hat off to him. He Takes gets it in well. there. Oh, yeah, he gets in there and he has a scrap against, like, Barry Jones. Barry Jones, I watched him live. I watched him against Lily for the Welsh title pro. He's legit. He's fought Kyle Brook. You know what I mean? He's been British-level boxer. I can't see many beating him. He's yeah. top, top draw. Uh, he's got so much class. Again, same as Dan. And Dan's on a level above again, I think. But it's... It, it, like, Barry's going to make a couple of quid... Got a couple of titles, and that'll be that. But It'd be interesting to see because I think they are going to do Sean and Dan on the next, so. next show in July. Apparently, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, because Dan needs that test. And there's, if you put skill for skill, I think it's pretty obvious that Dan is the most skillful fighter. But Sean's been in there with the best that they've had to offer, taken unlimited amounts of abuse and punishment, and still carries on. When you look at like how skillful Tyler Goodjohn is, though, and Sean seemed to rise yeah. up to that challenge, it's didn't he? Like I say, it changed him, didn't it? He he becomes so much better like for say, fighting it's someone. It's a different sport. Yeah, you might be a really good boxer, but it's a different sport. You throw punches slightly different, and you've got to take the power off. You've got to know when and how to throw it. And can you take a punch as good yeah. with no without ten ounce or eight ounce gloves on than bare knuckle? Do you know what I mean? Sean is proven. He's been there, he's done it. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. He's been there, done it, and he can do it. Whereas Dan, has he had two fights? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see 
It will be interesting to see because don't get me wrong, Dan's going to be the betting favourite. There's no doubt about that because of the skill set he provides. But you can't write off Sean's toughness. No, I, I can't wait to see that. That's like that's yeah. a fight. Like there's not many fights that get me excited for it. A BKB like I watched Dan, um, Dan Lowell obviously, and obviously Lily. But Barry Jones, I like. I do like Barry because he brings um, legitimacy to it. He's, yeah. he's a legit good fighter. Not just a tough guy, but yeah, they they have got a couple of names. In all fairness, them they were bringing over really good ex UFC guys like Chris Lytle and Melvin Gallard and stuff. I think they've they you pay for who knows him um, to be honest. You got to fly him over all that nonsense, but they've gone more homegrown talent now. I think, which I think is the right way to go because it's not sustainable. Otherwise, you're flying over superstars all the time. You got to make big money on every show, then, really, even you to warrant they, it. And they can't. And, and in all fairness, right? As much as I'm not a fan of Jim and Joe, they've managed to put two shows on in a, in a pandemic. Yeah, mo- most yes. companies kind of just give up yeah, until and it's they, done. And they it? are far from matchroom, so it is coming up with their pocket, hoping they get it back on the pay per views. Which, whether they have or not, I don't know. But it can't be easy, and they've they've done it. So you've got to take your hat off. Oh yeah, respect to what they're doing, because yeah, like you said, it's going to be a hard sport to grow. But you never know. You never you know. Don't, I don't. No, no, I don't no. think, like you said, I don't think kids of nine or ten, but maybe kids who are kind of coming up to the pro level and are thinking, because if it ends up being more money in it, which is a good chance it is, unless you're a superstar in pro boxing. Like I say, it's all ticket sales and yeah. you might get 300, 400 quid that for a fight. That might be where you you swap over, in it? Yeah, possibly. So it might, I might, I might be totally off, off, um, off my boat. It I, might be the next massive thing. I don't I, know. I think you're right as in kids, you're not going to, you just can't, can you? You're going to no. be gloved until a certain age, no yeah, matter what. Uh, and you? for me, if a sport is going to grow, you've got to have the youth coming through, developing in that sport. Yeah. It's a different sport. It's, it's close to boxing. But you're going to have to, at some point, they're going to have to stop boxing and go, I'm going to be a Bennett fighter. And it's going to take some transition period over. Yeah. But they need a superstar. And I think Dan Chapman could be their superstar. I think one superstar that's out there that they haven't got yet would be the poster boy is John Phillips. Yeah. If they could sign him, he's got he's got nuclear bombs in his fists. And he wouldn't have to hit you very hard to knock you out. I don't see anyone. I think it's perfect for uh, John. He would be their poster. If they could sign him, stick him on every poster. He's selling the pay-per-views on his own because he is guaranteed excitement. Oh, 100%, mate. Everyone is going to tune in to see that, aren't exactly. they? Exactly. seen him in the UFC. If people give him shit about the UFC, look, he was, was it five and one, five losses, one win, but they're the 0.01% best fighters in the world. Yeah. In the world. And he was in there. No, I mean, you, you, yeah. People yeah. don't understand that. People don't. Ah, oh, shit. Uh, he ain't. He, he'll tune anyone up. And they, they weren't looking to stand with him, though, were they? Oh no. You chance. know the people who beat him. And the one guy who did stand with him went to sleep in seventeen seconds. Yeah. The only He's, one who kind of stood with him was Marshman, but they both kind of didn't engage, really, did they? In that yeah, fight, it was, it was. I like Marshman. Boxed well off the back foot. You can't. You can't mix it with John. Anyone who mixes it with John will go to sleep. You can watch his other fights as, as proven. So Marshman was quite clever. It depends what you like in that situation because obviously the pressure that John was putting on 
getting points. But then Marshman was on the back foot, but he was scoring with the shots. They weren't powerful shots. They weren't hurting John, but he was regularly scoring. So there was uproar when Marshman won. But I think it was a lot, lot closer than what everyone was saying. Yeah, it was, it was a close fight. It's hard to judge. Exactly. I, I, when I, I've watched it a couple of times, because I'm supposed to be having Jack on soon at some point, and I was watching it, and it is quite hard yeah. to judge. Like it, it, it comes down to what you like and what the judges like. Yeah. They appreciate the fact that Marshman was evading John strikes and, and just jabbing him and kicking him and, and keeping him Played at a bay. smart game. Yeah, well, the only game. <laughs> the smart, you don't yeah. want to play a non-smart game with John because <laughs> you put him to sleep. But yeah. Or do you appreciate the fact that John is constantly trying to... John, he, he, he texts Lily like the day after that fight and said, my house tonight podcast. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, he's not happy. I went, I was like, oh, no. Me and Lily were like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but he, he was obviously fuming because he clearly thought all the pressure. But he... Uh, Admitted himself, he he fucked up when he dropped Jack, hurt Jack, and let him get back up. He just, I bet he loses sleep over that. To be honest, yeah. because it's those couple of seconds. Their, their fight was uh, brewing for a long time as well, wasn't it? They've been calling each other. Well, I think John's been calling him out more than than the other way around. It's been I've heard quite a few stories, obviously only from one side of it. So, but yeah, they they've been on a collision course for a long time. So. It was it was it was coming. And and to be honest, I thought I watched Jack loads of times. I thought he's not gonna take it on a chin. He don't want he don't want none of John. Yeah. But in all fairness, I'll take it back. I, I didn't think he, he wanted any of John. But he, he fought the right he fought the right game. He yeah, did, he, he did, did fight yeah. the right he, game. Yeah. He played smart, didn't he, in that one? And yeah, like you said, I think John's had like a you know, at the end of the day, Chumai have come in, didn't he? Yeah. And like no one knew who or what he was going to be capable of. I expect John didn't know when he took the fight. Exactly. And it was short uh, notice as well, I think, Shemayev was. He fought Kevin Holland. Exactly. He didn't it's, have it easy. He didn't have it easy when, at When you all. look at who these people are now, and then that's exactly. what you've got to look at. Yeah. It's the same with like Marshman. He fought like Thiago Santos. He's had a, um, he's had a murderer's role. Yeah, like he's fought everyone. You hear some people say like, oh, you know, he, oh, he's, he's, he, you know, is he going to stick in the UFC? Well, like he is literally... You just don't know who you're going to fight when they're on their way up, do you? Exactly. He's a... Shabazian, was it? He fought yeah, like... he's fought Antonio Car um, Carlos. What's his name? Oh, he fought the other day. I think he beat... Uh, did he beat Woodley the other fought, day? Was it I think Sean beat... Strickland, was it? Did he? No. Uh, was no, that was a guy he, he kept mouth into him, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was, was that his last fight? I'm not sure. But he's fought some real, real tough... He have not had it easy. Not by any stretch. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't get it easy, really. Let's be honest. It's the UFC. You're expected to have our fights. But, like, when you read out to people like John, um, Jack's fault. It's like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. You uh, look at him. Oh, he's fought in Madison Square Garden, Vegas. And yeah. he's had, Even when he was in Bama, like, he fought some huge names yeah. in there, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Cage Warriors. I watched him in Cage Warriors. He fought some, some top guys. And he, you can't get there without fighting. But, again, you look at the record. I think Jack is something like 20, say 22 and 7. John is 20, 23 and 8 or 9. People go, oh, he's lost nine times. Yeah, but John has knocked 23 people out and he hasn't gone outside the first round. Oh, he subbed one guy, sorry. It's like ridiculous. And then Jack, all right, he's lost seven times. But look at the guys he's fought. So it's Cream of there. the crop. Yeah. Cream of the crop. Best in the world. By your country mile. It's ridiculous. But And people just... A quick to, ah, oh, shit. 
Yeah, a lot of people are writing them off, like, and they, but yeah. I suppose they, I don't know how old, I don't know how old either of them are, to be honest. John is, he's a little bit older than me, I think. John's about 35, 36, I think. Yeah. So they're probably looking at something in the future, aren't they? Like, uh, yeah, I would think so. I, I don't know. Uh, Jack being cut? I don't think, yeah, no, he hasn't, no, yeah, yeah. no. John have obviously. So what's next with John? Oh, is he? Yeah, I didn't know. John, that. John's been John's been let go. Yeah, he was let go two months, two three months ago. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he's been let. But then there's there's like I say, that's what you're saying about the bare knuckle. Bare knuckle. Yeah, mate, that would be insane. How they haven't bit his arm off, I don't know. Um, but then again, I suppose Bellator is always there. You got cage warriors if you just wanted to fight domestically. What did Brett say? Yeah, uh, UFC said this, and Bellator said double it. Yeah, pretty <laughs> so, much. Yeah, so you've got to get what he's worth as well. Yeah. And I understand a lot of people will look and go, I "Can't believe he, he's bombed the UFC out." What was he? He was like uh, five and two, record yeah. five he, wins, two losses. People he fought as well. It's exactly top yeah. top of the tree. Algermain and um, Algermain Sterling, Pedro so, Munoz. Yeah, that was a war. Like the guy he beat last, um, Gravely. I think his last fight, Gravely, he absolutely decimated his opponent. And, yeah. and Brett. Subbed him. Brett's wrestling is underrated. Like Dino says to me all the time, he's one of the best wrestlers about you know, British wrestlers because it's not our wheelhouse, is it? Wrestling yeah. is not in the schools or anything. But he's his wrestling is so he's like he smothers you. He's not a blanket on you. So same just, as Jack though, isn't it? He's exact like Jack. Yeah, he he comes from a boxing background predominantly, but. He has adapted, whereas he's adapted Shaw, more. Shaw, sorry. I was, oh, Jack, uh, Shaw, yeah, Jack yeah. Shaw, yeah. I thought yeah, he was on yeah, about sorry, um, yeah. Marshman, but like, even with Marshman, he's adapted his game more than, say, John Phillips had. John Phillips, you knew, he's coming to knock your head off. Yeah. Plan A, there is no plan B. We'll deal with it when it happens, but like, Jack's good in the floor. Jack's good at wrestling. Jack's good at striking. But then Jack Shaw, he's the new breed, where he's done it from age 13 or whatever he is. And he's done it all. He, yeah. He's he's actually developed an MMA rather than I'm a boxer. And I'm, I'm going to try MMA. He's been MMA from day one. Oh yeah, I think and, he. And I think he's going to go far. He's fighting next weekend, isn't he? Yeah, I can't remember is the guy's name. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. Under Azure or something. That's the one. Yes, yeah. I was looking at the stats, and Azure looks like he's a he's a stand up guy, striker. Um, he was going on there like. How many punches per minute he throws? So he throws more than Jack. But yeah, ready to get taken down, son. Exactly. <laughs> Jack's got the two subs. You might He's not got be none. throwing many fight punches. This exactly. Fight. Jack is Jack is a talent. There's no doubt about it. He's and he's a proper nice guy to go with it as well. Hundred yeah, percent. He's, he's awesome. one of the nicest blokes you meet. Like I've been up there at gym a couple of times, so in the clubs and stuff. And he's just, I mean, he's one of the hottest prospects in world MMA. Everybody knows who he is. He's on. The King and the Sting podcast with Brendan Schaub and all that, and he's just a normal guy. From Doesn't change for anyone. Abdullahi, as, as it happens, well, I remember. I got presents for you, right? And oh, one I of them is so. Jacks. One of them is Jacks, because I was gonna send him some mugs, and uh, so you got one of Jacks mugs. I'll have to send him another one. <laughs> There's a mug. Oh, nice one, mate. Appreciate that. And I got you a t-shirt as well, fella. Oh, legend. Well, that that rolls into. Uh, Talking about one of your other ventures, then. And again, something I've always wanted to do, so I thought I'd give it a go. Oh, mate, that's awesome. That's the, um, I'll open that. I'll... That's the Tyson, uh, the Mike Tyson Be Real. I was having a look on your site the other day, because when you said to me, I said I was looking at them prior. Yeah. So what, what like, um, made you want to start this? Um, 
basically all I wear is gym clothes, pretty much. Yeah. So I'm always in tracksuit bottoms, always in hoodies. And I'm always looking for, like, my brother bought me a, because one of my favourite boxers is um, Lomachenko. Yeah. And um, for one of my birthdays, my brother bought me a, a Lomachenko t-shirt. Cheers, mate. Oh, it's no worries. Um, he bought me a Lomachenko t-shirt. So I was like, oh, nice. So I went to the gym and stuff. And then when we would do Budo, we'd have free t-shirts because we were staff. So we'd have another thing to wear to the gym. I'm always in gym clothes. So I was like, I'm always looking for quirky t-shirts. I had the McGregor one before. Which just said, who the fuck is that guy on the front? Yeah. Just little things that if if you know, you know, which has sort of become the slogan on the website a little bit, subtle nods to sayings or famous fights or famous quotes or, or fighters um, that not everybody will know. Like you could be walking down the street with Be Real written on, I'll know, Mike Tyson, all that. That's why you're wearing it. You like fighting. That is where they come from, pretty Spark much. Spark a conversation or something. Exactly. It's, it's, you've, you know instantly, this guy likes fighting, he knows what he's on about, because he's wearing a Be Real t-shirt. Yeah. And you see, like on the website, I've got one that just says Be Real. That's it. And not everyone will know what that is. So I put a post up on Instagram where Tyson come to the ring once with like a poncho thing on. We've just Be Real written on uh, it. Seen, I've seen that post, yeah. yeah. So I said, if you don't know why we got that, this is why. And again... Um, one of the first designs we done, well, we done, I done, um, was the UFC sort of octagon, but with, obviously I can't go around going UFC on t-shirts and stuff because it's, it's copyrighted, but I thought, right, statistics aren't copywritten. So on one of the t-shirts <coughs> and mugs and that is an octagon in the same colours and style as the first ever UFC logo with a guy with the world on his shoulders and stuff. But it's got the venue, the attendance, the date and everything of the first ever UFC. So it's like McNichols Arena, Denver, 10,000 people. Yeah. And the 1993, whatever. That's in there. But not everyone's going to know what that means. But some people will and go, oh, I like that. Yeah, there's a lot of thought going into it, isn't there? You some, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, some of them, like... um. One of my favourite ones uh, we've done is Rumble, Young Man Rumble. Famous quote. Everybody knows that quote from Ali. But I put it on a T-shirt with Combat Sport Collective on it, which is the name, obviously, and and it looks awesome. Bright yeah. yellow, red right in, or black with gold right in. All these different things. And I've got so many ideas. I've got stuff I haven't even released yet. Um, just got to get it done. But it, again, it's, it's a lot of... Um, Trial and error. Promotion is the key, I suppose, with that, isn't it? Because once I, like, I seen it before you'd even said, but I was looking at it and I was like, God, I really like this stuff. Um, but it's actually getting it in front of people, isn't it? It's yeah, the game uh, of social media, isn't it? And yeah, and, and again, I'm not doing it, same as everything. And then, When I started a podcast, it wasn't because I wanted to be Joe Rogan and I wanted to make millions of pounds and get loads of advertisers on board because that's, it's not pie in the sky, but for some it, it works, but, more often than not, it's not going to happen. You've got it's to do it. It's a lot it of work. Yeah, a lot got more to work it. than people even yeah, realise. You've got to do it because you enjoy doing it. Like I've said loads of times, when do you sit down and have a conversation with someone for two hours? Never. About stuff you enjoy. Outside of this. Exactly. It doesn't happen. I don't sit down and talk to my missus for two hours <laughs> nah. in one go. Or over the week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it you learn 
a lot more. You become more sociable. You become less less um, awkward in conversations, and you meet new people and learn new things. Yeah. So I done it because I enjoyed it. Same with this now clothes, the clothes I done it. Be honest, so I can get cheap clothes for myself. Yeah. <laughs> Truthfully, clothes that I would buy, that I like, um, and I think are cool. Basically, yeah. that, I, that I can wear to the gym. And if you like them and you're into exactly. martial arts, boxing, exactly. other people are going to like them, aren't they? It's and and again, it's I could have when I, I I spoke to the the company that print all my all my stuff. I could have had the cheapest T-shirts, had it printed, and made fifteen pound a T-shirt. But I was like, I don't care about the money. It's not about that. It's I want the best quality T-shirt I can get, or hoodie, or whatever. Good design. So pay for the design to draw it up, and make a fraction of what I could make in profit-wise, because I don't care about the money. What I think, I tell everyone, what I want one day, whether it'll happen, I don't know, but one day to be walking down the road, say Cardiff Town Centre, and someone's walking towards me with one of my tops that I've thought up. It started in my head, and he's walking around. He doesn't know who I am. I haven't got a clue. But he's walking around with one of my tops on. It'll happen. I, I hope so. It'd be nice. Happen, and that is, I just think that would be really cool. That that uh, Something that's been in my head that I've thought, yeah, let's do it. Got it done. Put it on a T-shirt. And someone's thought, I like that. I'm going to buy that. And I see them walking towards me. I just think, that, so it's not about the money or... When I, I have pride in it, like yeah, yeah, I haven't made no money off it. I mean, I still got to work my like fifty hours a week. It's it's a passion project more than anything. And like I say, I get hoodies and t-shirts yeah. to walk around in. Well, mate, you put a lot of work into a lot of a lot of things, like don't you? And I'll have a go. Like you know, I say, respect it, to you because it all takes. Unless you're enjoying it, you can't keep that sort of energy yeah, up, can yeah. you? My missus is very understanding. In all fairness, she's <laughs> she's got his goal. She just goes oh, another idea, right? Yeah, go on in. Carry on. Yeah. She never mourns. Like, like I say, I could be in the gym till nine o'clock in the night, or I come home and go, oh, "Do sort the of kids? I gotta sort these orders out." Or whatever. not that I'm getting drawn with orders, but it's again, like I was painting a fence on the weekend. My phone went. Oh, you got an order. It's a little bit, little bit of excitement. Bit of yeah, it is massive. I, I love it, and I, I've shifted a few of them. In all fairness, I've shifted quite a few, but. It's like I say, it's not it's not a money driven thing. It's purely for enjoyment. Yeah. Just, I like like you might take a picture in three months doing a podcast, someone you might have that on. Again, it'll buzz out there. Yeah. Oh, that's my t shirt. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's it's little things like that. So and like I say, it all leads back to eight, seven, eight years ago, whenever two thousand thirteen, what's that? Eight years ago? Yeah. So when I had the op, when I come out Sort of a different, different person. Like loads of stuff happened in there, funny stuff, not so funny stuff. Nurse nearly killed me. Um, <laughs> Which one was that? <laughs> not funny. Yeah, was it? <laughs> that was yeah, probably not funny. It wasn't funny at the time. What happened is uh, I was sitting in a chair. I was in intensive care, and they got me out of bed, sitting in a chair. And at the time, I had uh, not like the taps you have in your hand when you go to hospital, yeah. so you put fluids in. But I had like five of them together in, in my neck. So like the predator's hair, so to speak, right? <laughs> so I'm sitting there, she come behind me. She's like, I'm going to flush you tubes out. So 
which was some sea line or whatever it is. So my missus and my mother were sitting opposite me. And as she went and one, as she pressed it, my heart rate just went bosh through the roof instantly. I went, what the fuck have you done? She went, oh, there must have been some adrenaline left in the thing. People are like, just, obviously when they're doing the heart surgery, they stop my heart. And the machine keeps you going. So the pure adrenaline is like fucking Pulp Fiction. Good <laughs> Bosh, straight in the chest. But yeah, there was still so some left in the thing. Were you my, I didn't, it felt like ages. It, in reality, it was about three seconds probably. The, it happened and then it went. But my missus said, my eyes rolled back in my head. I didn't know that. And I, I said to the woman, what the fuck? She was like, oh, she went white, the nurse did. So she nearly killed me. But <laughs> it was another, another time, um, I don't know if you listeners want to hear this, but I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I they, think they want to know. They, they don't leave you out of hospital until you have a shit, right? That's rule. Because all the painkillers they give you, I was on like Oxycontin, which is what Heath Ledger overdosed on and stuff. It's ridiculous painkiller. It's, it's addictive, super well, the, addictive. Big documentaries on Netflix. I think yeah, I've it's, it's the yeah. one that all the film stars die of. Like it, for the nurses to give me one of them, you know, tiny, tiny, to give me one of them. Two nurses have got to sign it out. If one tablet goes missing, the police are called. This ridiculous stuff, right? So they don't. I, I was on that. So they back you up. So the doctor's like, go go to the toilet. And there's no um, there's no dignity in, in hospital because there's four of us on a ward. I can see the guy, old guy opposite me, guy next to me over there. And there's a really old guy. He's like 80 odd, diagonal to me. So in the morning, on the back of the chart, uh, back of the toilet door, by the way, there's a chart, right? With like eight pictures of shit, all different types of shit. And with one, two, three, four... So they come round in the morning, the old guy opposite me, Rick. Hey, Rick, um, have you been to the toilet? He's like, yes, yeah. Uh, oh, it was about a number four this morning. Love him. Like, oh, what the fuck? What the, do you know what I mean? I'm 26. Like, <laughs> yeah. What am I doing? Telling some, and the birds, are, the nurse is pretty smart in Bristol Hospital, <laughs> telling some, like, bird who's younger than me, what shit I, I should have had this morning or whatever. But, <laughs> but um, so they'd, uh, they'd on to me. Have you been? No. Can we give you some laxatives? I said, like, can you fuck? Why? It's like, because I can't get out of bed. It's like, because I, like, they didn't know I had a collapsed lung and stuff at the time. So I can't get out of bed. And they were like, oh, it's all right. I said, I'm 26. I'm not shit in the bed. You can fuck off. So <laughs> they were like, all right. So they kept coming back for about three days now. Can we give you laxatives? I was like, no. So in the end, I said, all right. So I was drinking laxatives for two days. Not even budging. Not a fucking... Not a twitch, right? So then the doctor comes in and goes, right, can we come to an agreement that if nothing happens, can we pop one up the back passage? So can you fuck? No chance. No chance. I said, I'll make it happen, don't worry. But in the meantime, the really old guy diagonal to me, they had similar conversation with him, and he started drinking laxatives. <laughs> I was hilarious. So he's sitting opposite me, well, diagonal to me, and he's reading the paper. And this is, he's like three days, two days removed from open heart surgery, right? 80 odd. I'm struggling and I'm pretty good with pain. But this guy, he's old. So he's reading the paper and he's, what, half hour ago, he drunk his little active drink. Next thing, you just see the paper drop. And no, no, that, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Lock on your face, like, I'm in trouble, yeah? So he grabs the buzzer, starts pressing the buzzer, buzz. So me and 
Kevin, the guy, the bloke next to me, we looked at each other like that. Oh, all right. So he pressed the buzzer. So he's just okay. And like the paper's gone now. He's like, ah, press, 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 press. He's fucking going mad on this buzzer <laughs> now. Like, oh, fuck, like, yeah. <laughs> so next thing, he dives out of bed. He's all just an answer. He dives out of bed and legs it to the fucking toilet. I was like, fucking hell, I can't get out of bed. And he's just fucking Linford Christie'd across the board. like. <laughs> and then Kev went like, ah, oh dear. I looked like I was a big trailer shit behind <laughs> him. <right? laughs> and the nurse, then he's in the toilet now. Nurse come in and Kev went, watch yourself, love. She looked, she went, oh, right, nice one. He's in there. So then a team of them come in and with all eight runs on. And I all I could think at the time was, oh, poor get, I'd be, I'd be, Mortified now, I wouldn't be able to come out of there, like, do you know what I mean? So they were in there for a half hour cleaning them up and all that. So they all come out with all this stuff. All, oh, fuck. I thought, oh, poor get, he's gonna be embarrassed coming out of there now. The door come open, he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Strolling across the wall like a new man, he was. Feet that paper back up, he didn't care. I was like, fucking fair play. I would have been more, I was like, I would have been, take me home, take me home, shit everywhere, take me home. He didn't care, like, oh, it's it hilarious. He didn't care. Yeah, that next level, new life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, new art. <laughs> Empty my bowels, I'm ready to go. He was on before me as well. <laughs> you know. But yeah, it was... Um, I get, they, they got his goal in Bristol, to be fair. That's where I've had all my ops. I uh, I got nothing bad to say. Like, yeah. They, uh, they are good as gold. It was it was a rough time, but like I say, it's, it's inspired me now to... Just do what I want. And that's what I tell everybody now. Like before, people would annoy me and like, oh, why is my podcast not doing as well as that podcast? Or oh, I want more listening. Oh, they go. Now I'm like, good for them. Yeah. Good for them. I haven't got, even if, there we are, one of the boys I used to train boxing, Adam. He's pr he's like this table, super thick. <laughs> yeah, we had him on the podcast as that once because he was in the car with me once. Poor Adam, like, if he listens to this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I te I'll text him and te call him out. I called him a lot worse. And uh, he was he loves professional wrestling, WWF and all that, right? So we all used to take the mick out of him and stuff, and he was in love with Anthony Joshua and all that, where's all that. So he just constantly take a ribbon. Well, uh, he was in the car with me once, and he was talking, oh, I'd love to give wrestling a go. So he said, when you do it then? Oh, no, everyone would take a I said, so what, Dad? I'll probably be front of the queue taking a piss, but if you want to do it, do it. Have a call. He went, oh, I might give it a go. And he did. In all fairness, he went to wrestling school in Swansea, learned how to do it. <laughs> we had him on a podcast. He came up with the worst name ever. Called himself the Cardio King, right? <laughs> Horrendous. But, for, and he's like an awkward kind of person, lovely guy, but he's a kind of awkward person. And But for, for 20 minutes in the ring, I mean, he was a superstar. Like the kids were asking for photos with him, and and I thought, good for you. You you've give it a go. He did. He, he don't do it no more. But I was like, you give it a go. For those six months, he was a superstar in his head. You know what I mean? yeah. and, and that's what I like. Uh, same with everyone. Like, good for you. Give it a go. If you want to do something, do it. Don't care what anybody says because you get more people trying to shoot you down than you will patting you on the back and going good for you. But you've just got to ignore them. Mate, I'm, that, that was one of my biggest things about starting this. I was always worried, like, what are people going to think? What are people going to say? And that does happen. You do get them oh, people, 100%. Do, yeah. I've had it, like, and I, 
I just think to myself, like, if I'd let that get in the way, I would have missed out on so much. I feel like I've grown so much as a person through doing it. And also, like, it made me recognize in myself, sometimes I have that outlook where I'm like, oh, yeah, how the fuck are they doing better than me? How the fuck? Like, this, that, and the other. You get all these next. And then you just got to address it and say, I know where this is coming from. It's like a place like jealousy in it. Yeah, and, of course it is. And then it's like, what does that gain me? Absolutely nothing by thinking like that. I don't want anyone else to do badly. You just want to do better, innit? So you, mm. you let your insecurities play out. And yeah, that's the thing. Like, one of my favorite scenes is comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah, definitely. Why? Why Just be happy for whoever it is. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I think, oh, for fuck. Oh, I wish I was doing it. But then I think, well, if you really want to do that much, you'll have a go. Yeah. Like, no, with the, the clo- clothes, for instance. Loads of ideas. I haven't got a fucking clue how to do them. Why contact for this idea or that idea? But I suppose someone's done it before. Yeah. So if I really want to do it and push on, I'll find a way. I also think as well, if you look at someone who's successful, they've done something really well, there may be an element of luck, which that's the part you're jealous of. But also, when you break it down what they've done, like now, now I've started this, and I see big podcasts or whatever that are doing really well, I'm starting to look at things that they're doing that I'm not doing. Mm. And then you realise, like, they've actually put a lot of thought and a lot more work than the average person would ever thought or even I would have thought going into it. Yeah, but like I said to you when I walked in, like, I've seen this online and stuff anyway. Yeah. And first thing, I, I was like, oh, that's a cracking set up. Yeah, Fucking hell, we never had a set up like that. And we were going for three years. Yeah. The ambition is critical, boys. I haven't got a set up like this. Like, this is, for me, and someone who's done a podcast, and still does some, this is next level. This is next level. This is you doing... Yeah, good. cheers, mate. Because yeah. I know it ain't cheap. None of this is free. Oh, no, 100%. Mate. Exactly. Yeah, you put a lot in, isn't it? And of course you do. Yeah. You, don't, you don't get nothing back, really. Let's be oh, honest. No. Up until this point, like, you know, I'm not in the hole for it, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a passion project. It's because yeah, yeah. you enjoy doing it. You enjoy conversations. You learn... I've learned loads of stuff. Like, when would I... I know him now. He's a, he's a mate, but... When would I get a chance to sit down with Enzo McInerney, a world legit world champion boxer, and talk to him for two hours? About, yeah. And he's telling me loads of stories, and he's telling me things that I would never know otherwise. And like John Phillips, all right, I know I sort of John anyway, but for him to come and sit down in his house, which is outstanding, by the way, in his house, and he's telling us stuff that we would never know. I would never know. Lily would probably, but insights to things like I had Jack's father shaky on yeah, on the podcast yeah. and that was probably my top three he was tremendous same year mate real interesting yeah he was giving like, us yeah. giving us insights of why there isn't a UFC in Cardiff and, and things like that and I'm thinking I would never have known any of this or talked to someone as interesting as Shaky or Enzo or Jason Williams Curtis whoever I would never have talked to any of these or known them or if I had gone Oh, that guy who went, oh, look, it's Joe Rogan. Yeah. And I took out a heart, which I would have done before. I don't know. Fuck. Yeah. Like, I, I I need to boost my, like, YouTube page. But part of me, again, is like, oh, people, oh, who am I to do that? Do you know what I mean? What's he doing? Just got to go for it. Exactly, you, it yeah. Gets, it does constantly get in your way until you think, yeah, that voice is again. Get out my yeah, head, isn't it? Just got to fuck it off. Yeah, and do what you want to do, and I'm a big. I, I, there's no doubt about it. I've changed in the last eight years. Do you ask the people, my mates, people I work with, whatever? I used to be proper aggy. I used to be not a horrible person, 
but just they would call me miserable pretty much. Always pessimistic, always looking on, oh, why is that not me? And then I, I thought, what are you doing? You're just wasting your, your life. Like, just do it. If you want to do it, do it. Enjoy yourself. It could be a lot worse. A lot worse. Yeah. And just, this is awesome. I mean, this, to me, this will go far. Do in my, yeah. Because it's, you've put time, effort. Like me and Lily, let's be honest, we just half-assed it. We done it because it was a laugh, something to do. We could have. It was nothing stopping us from doing all this. Yeah. But we just never did. But you've taken that step, and and that's why you'll probably be a lot more successful and turn the lights out. Was well, I don't know, mate. I think like if you get going again, though, there's always yeah. there's always avenues in there. There is, yeah, and, and like you obviously um, had a listener base, like didn't we did. You, which... Yeah, we, I mean, it was. I mean, we, we never we never rocked the world, but. Like, uh, I know ambition is critical now. Very good friends of ours. I've been on it. I've been on a couple of times, and Lily have, and good big supporters of us. In fact, they actually sponsor the podcast with, oh, with cool, the, huh? they've allowed me to do that, which is great. But they get some serious listeners now. You talk in, they've had like 300,000 downloads. Yeah. Like big, big numbers. And, and he was on Talk Sport the other day and stuff like that. So we don't get nowhere near those. We never did, but the people we had did have listen. We had, we had, we were in the tens of thousands. Don't get me wrong, which is still mind blowing to me, because when me and Lily started, I said to him, "We're going to do this as if nobody listens." That's the best way. Isn't yeah, it? just do it as a conversation. If nobody listens, I don't yeah. care. I'm enjoying this, so let's do it like that. And we always had on run, uh, ongoing joke for like three years that we only ever had four listeners. <laughs> that was it. But it was crazy how, how quick it snowballed from doing a podcast. Me and Lily just winging it within three, four months. We had a TV show, a proper TV show, as yeah. in it was on, it was on like, not like you get made in Cardiff yeah. TV channel, Swansea Bay TV. And we had a Turn the Light Up podcast sports chat show on <laughs> Swansea Bay TV. Do you know? That's wild. We man. had Brett Johns on there. We had Dale Evans when he was fighting for the British title. Jay Harris on there. We had Ricky Wright, Lou Long. We had a legit like six episode series and Gavin Gwynn on there and Dewey Powell from Boxing Wales. Uh, we had a legit TV show. It was me and Lily. I can't like, believe what was going on. Can you? Like, oh, what are we? What are we doing? <laughs> what was going on? How the hell did this happen? And they they played it on repeat for a good eighteen months. Same six episodes on every Thursday night. Lily's grandmother had her on series records, so she had the Brett Johns episode about 50 times. <laughs> she was on TV again, <laughs> But it was, when you look back, it's crazy to think. They're all on YouTube and all those episodes, but looking back, it is absolutely crazy to think that we had a TV show. Yeah. And it was it's legit- the doors it can open, though, isn't it? It's not just yeah. doing it. It's like, who's listening? You never know who's listening exactly. to you as well. Yeah. Like, I see sometimes... Don't be wrong, my views on YouTube aren't the best. Facebook seems to be where the most traction is. So you get like a thousand or sometimes I've had like 10,000 on Facebook sometimes on like one. And you're like, when you really think about like how many people that is. It's a lot of like people. Like you see that, that many people. Yeah. Like, I don't know, on a football field or something. Yeah. You'd be like, well, there's a lot of people. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You don't ever think of it because you, like you said, you compare yourself to other people and you think, well, they're yeah. getting hundreds of thousands or they're getting... Yeah. But you can't I, do that. I got obsessed by numbers at one point. Yeah. Like, oh, we need to get more listeners, or 
how drug MOV was. And in the end, I thought, I got to get back to doing it for fun. Yeah. Not because I want 10,000 views, 20,000 views or this many downloads. In the end, I didn't care how many downloads we had. It was gradually growing because, like I say to Lily, our problem was consistency. You've got to be consistent. Yeah. You have to be because people will just go. I've done it myself listening to podcasts. Where's this one gone? I, they haven't been on for two weeks. I'll find something else. And you forget about that one then. And that, that's just the way it is. But that was our problem is consistency. You have to keep on going. Got to. And then you'll see the numbers gradually go up. But I used to get a kick from, oh, we've had three listeners from Turkmenistan this week. How good's that? Someone from Canada. or oh, That's wild when you see it from a different it's country. crazy, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. yeah. And we were like, we were really big. And I don't know why. I know one guy that lived there from Swansea, but in the Bronx, in New York. Yeah. We had a big list. And Wembley. Wembley. We were more popular in Wembley than we were in Swansea, which I don't... How does it happen? Like, I don't know anyone in Wembley. Do you know what I find as well? It'll be people, like, people who really support me and share my stuff are people I don't know. Hmm. Like, the people I know, you think, like, would be doing that. Don't... Do you know what I mean? It's it's really weird. It's like small... You know, I'm not saying they're like a... (laughs) They're all my mates and stuff, but... They don't get half as heavily involved as people who yeah. I don't know. Yeah, my mates, like, obviously, the ones outside the fighting circle and, and the ones I've made doing stuff like this. Like, I would never have known you before. No. And same with Paul Daly, Dewey Powell, all that, Ricky Wright. You make mates that way, but then my mates from, like, school, they don't bother with this at all. They don't. Yeah. They wouldn't. They don't care. They, they they are more likely to be the ones that go to Joe Rogan's, yeah, 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 because they are, are sad and bored with their shit lives. They go and be a painter, decorator. There's nothing wrong with that. But painting a wall all day, I'd rather smash my head through it than paint a wall all day every day. And then they come home, see someone trying to do something that they get enjoyment out of, and they are first port of call rather than going fair play or getting inspired by that is to try and take the piss or put them down yeah like I'm surprisingly I haven't had much negativity about the clothes people going oh, what are you doing that for which I expected but I didn't care because I just wanted clothes <laughs> basically <laughs> nice mate I do like them do I, I, I like like I say I, I try and make stuff that I would buy and I think that's the best way to go about it rather than thinking what does everybody else like and what's the new in, in thing well, loads of people going, have we got rash guards? Have we got this? Have we got that? Not yet, because I'm still learning what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. Totally winging it. Same as most things I've ever done. But yeah. It's like sourcing things and stuff. Isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. I was I've, even I've, looking to get like beanies for this. I got a load of beanies in, and it was like, where do you even go? Exactly. Do you go to India? Are they going to rip me off? Do you go, if you go over here, they're going to be more expensive. You've got to buy 500 to get the price down. Yeah. and. I mean, I, I've been lucky that I know the printer that does it. I'll give my shout Dragon Print Emporium. I know them, so I can get a deal going with them, but it, I don't have to shell out thousands in stock yeah. initially. So at the moment, it's working well for both of us, but if it if it, if it ever picked up, if it, if it just carried on going as the way it is, I'd be more than happy because they're gradually going out. And I, I'm, I'm designing clothes, and, and obviously... Summer's coming up, so now i got to think, shorts. Like a pair of shorts with this logo on over there. Yeah. Be nice. What quality short do you get? Um, 
leggings for girls and on all that. My brain's constantly... Like my missus is like, I told you this yesterday about whatever, and I'm like, I have no recollection of that. Oh, I'm exactly the same. I'm thinking exactly. of shorts and a, and a logo on the shorts, but now I've noticed, like, you were top. Nice, nice. I like that. Well, I'm walking. Oh, she's wearing gym shark trousers, but then where have they put the logo? What what have they used for that logo? Is it embroidered or is it just stuck on? And so I become obsessed. Yeah. But it's again, good though, isn't it? I it think, is, yeah. It's, I, I'm the same as you. I've I've had a million ideas, like, I've, I haven't, well, you've obviously pulled the trigger on a lot more than me, but yeah, it's, it's always, it was always that worry of like, oh, is that going to work? Because yeah. I, I, I've always wanted to do clothes. I've always wanted to do tons of things. Do you know what I mean? It's like a I've weird said, thing, isn't it? You just. I've said for, for ages about a clothing brand. I've had people go, who tried it? Ah, oh, no, it don't work. It's harder than it looks. And I, I done it for three years and didn't make a penny out of it. It cost me money. And I'm like, all right, well, I was thinking. Maybe you've done it wrong. Do you know what I mean? And then I had a good good uh, communication with the print company. I thought, right, that will work for me at the moment. This current situation, it'll work for me. It's not a big outlay for me. Um, and then I just got the website built and stuff. And it's gone on from there, and it's, it's going well. It's just I'm trying to get, I got this idea. I got a whole oh, mass Vidal idea. Then I got this one I haven't released yet, and I've got a Teddy Atlas T-shirt ready to go, but I haven't. I always test print them, so I get one done for me. On not very good quality T-shirt, like that is the good. But then, just so I can see what it looks like. Yeah. So if I'm happy with it, then, yep, yeah, it can go on the website. Let's let's get it out and see if anybody wants it. But I've got like four or five. The the, the mug that's just come out on a T-shirt like this week. So it's, I thought I'd do mugs because they're easy to do and cheap little, it's a nice cheap little um, thing. Oh yeah, I think I've seen this one on your Instagram yeah. the other day. Well, that's just come out on a t-shirt now, so. But um, yeah, it's, it's just a bit of fun, basically. And um, <laughs> <laughs> a bit of promotion, mate. <laughs> and, and like I said, I think it's just a, idea and, and it all again it all stems from just going just yeah, going for it just go it? for it if you've got an idea I'd say just give it a go what's the worst that can happen alright don't put your house like go right I'm going to bring out a new salad dressing I'm going to remortgage your house no obviously be sensible but if you've got an idea and you can it can be a passion project you never know where it's going to go yeah. this might not go anywhere I, I'm, I'm, Got some cool I'm, clothes out of it. Yeah, you, I'm good with that. You let yourself be creative for that amount of time, exactly. didn't you? Like a podcast. I say it didn't go anywhere. We had a TV show. We interviewed <laughs> world champions. Well, yeah. It didn't go too bad, considering it was two divs with a with a, a phone. <laughs> that was it, and it never got any, really any bigger than that. But we done we done all right, and it was fun. And it's not over. It can still carry on. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely if you've got ideas, just. Yeah. If 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 your ideas result in stuff like this, go. Do it like, yeah, do I, it. Yeah, I, I got a funny story for you actually. I haven't said this story on you once yet. So, um, you talked about ordering stuff from like Japan or China or whatever. At one point, I was like, I'm gonna because like this was a couple of years ago, and I was thinking CBD like it's only getting bigger. Mm. It's kind of before like a lot of athletes started to really incorporate it, and UK's really strict on it. You can't really advertise it on Facebook and stuff. 
Yeah, they're a bit funny, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. so I thought, I'm going to order a load from China. That was my thinking. So, <laughs> All right, yeah. So yeah. I ordered, like, I don't know how much it was, maybe, like, 500 quid's worth. And that was a lot of CBD, like, from China, because it's so cheap. So anyway, like, you pay the taxes and whatever. It's getting shipped over. DPD, like, you're getting it picked up from wherever it was flown in or whatever. And then, like, DPD lost my package. So I was oh. like, fucking hell. So I contacted, like, the shipper, uh, the supplier. They were like, we'll send another one. So they posted it. A day later then, I got a letter through the door from, like, customs. And then they were like, it's illegal to ship this in because if if you're, like, made in the UK, you can have 0.4% THC. Yeah. And but it's it, legal. Yeah. The, but if you're shipping, it's got to be zero. Like, right, completely okay. zero. And China, not really the best for... Uh, they said to me it's fine. We send it over all the time. Like, but anyway, and I got this letter saying if you try to ship in anymore, you will be arrested, <laughs> and you will be looking at like a hundred thousand pound fine and ten years in prison or something. And I was like, I've got another one on the way. Like, <laughs> I've already ordered the second one because I thought it, I thought it got lost. So I was like shitting myself and I had to ring up customs. But I think it was just like one of them scaremongering letters. Yeah. Fact. But I was literally like sweating. Like a good hour thinking, I've already ordered another one. Like, I bet the stuff you get from China gets you off your tits. Probably, Guaranteed. Probably I would have like, bought some off you, no problem. Probably like 10% THC or something. That's like what that. me and Lily used to do. Well, me more than Lily is. <laughs> we do a podcast. And yeah, beginning, right? If you, I don't think you can get the first the first uh, series or first couple of episodes. The first episode we ever done was like, I had notes and everything. And, and we were talking about boxing. We were watching uh, boxing on S4C. Robbie Turley was fighting and we were talking about the fight and analysing it and really geeky. And um, in the end, you're talking like 15 episodes in, we just get stoned and just talk absolute bollocks. (laughs) And that's how it went in the end. We just get blazed right up and then, and that would be that. And some of the best podcasts I'd done were like that. Yeah. Just And like sometimes we had JR, JR has come over my house. And I ate a brownie about an hour before he come, right? So he's sitting, like, opposite me on my kitchen table, Lily sitting by there. And I'm in mid-conversation with him, and I've just gone blank. I forgot what I'm talking about. The brownie's kicked right in. I don't know what's going on. Does he know you're in this I, t- I, I warned him. I said, no, I just took <laughs> a brownie. I said, they're not very strong. Don't worry about it. So I'm talking to him, and I've just gone... Phew. And I just locked at Lily and gone, you're going to have to take over. This is like being recorded. It went out like this. I, mean, I don't know what's going on. I, I, I just started giggling to myself and, oh, it's a right knot. And and we done a, I don't, you can't get it. The AIC boys, Paddy and Ryan, come on our podcast Christmas time. And we done an AIC versus a TTLO quiz. And Sean, our old producer, was the quiz master. And um, I had gummy bears, THC gummy bears, right? So I done three, and I give Lily two. Oh, it's a car crash. If you listen back to that, right? I'm laughing so much at one point, I'm nearly sick. I don't know what's going on. Just total nonsense. But that's probably why we didn't succeed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, mate. Like, some people are into watching that. It they? Was, so, yeah, they were some of our more popular ones I bet because they were, they were funny. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't listened back to it, but it, it was a right. I like this. I, I like to think I have a laugh and stuff, and... Yeah. But it's more, it, I, well, it's like a kind of a serious vibe, is it? Sometimes I like, I oh, would it's like a professional to get, like, setup. Yeah, definitely, it's professional setup. It's nice. It's good, but it's it's relaxed. It's not like, oh, yeah, I, that's what I want it to be. I yeah. don't want it to be like two interview style, like 
Do you know what I mean? It just just takes away from the whole. That's not podcasting, yeah, in my opinion. It's, like, it's, is it? Sometimes it's hard because hopefully I've I've let conversation flow. Hopefully, no, oh, yeah, definitely. But you get some where it's like pulling teeth. Oh, I've and had it, a couple of them as yeah, well. Yeah, and, and you're like, oh, right, damn. So I was, I, was, <laughs> I was I was training camping and another generic shit questions that everybody asks, and they give you the same the same response. Like, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, really hard. Yeah. And that's it. And I go, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. yeah. Fuck. Those ones are tough. But when you get someone, like, like say, Shaky, Jack's old man, come on. And he was over in Elliot, come on. He was over Zoom and everything, but it's great. And he, <laughs> we made a joke, because obviously it wasn't long after he filled Lily in on Cage Warriors. <laughs> so we, we made a joke about it, and Lily was like, awkward. And, but... It was it was good. It's when you start talking about the weather. That's when it's like going down early. Yeah, I know. Well, snow. we talked about it before we came in, but <laughs> it was snowing. So it is bonkers up here, yeah. mate. It is. It is. It's a nice drive up here, mate. I used to work up here quite regularly, but never come this way. But yeah, it's, it's quite nice up here. But so yeah, it didn't take too long today, actually. It was, was it an hour? Yeah, it's not too bad. It was all right. So yeah, but like I say, where did first question? Where did you get that from? That was if you strip that off, it's. I think it's got becks on it. It was like one which oh, hangs right. off the side of a pub. Right. Uh, my mate works down in like homemakers in Abergavenny, which is a place to take stuff from people's houses when they have house clearances. Shout out to Reese. Cheers, Reese. <laughs> he, he got that one for me, and then I got it stickered up. Like, oh, is that what we what, want? It's just a stick because that is. Yeah, cool. I got I got Chris Pryor graphics. Then is another chap. He lives over. Well, he, his unit's over in Langattack, and he put a sticker on there for me. He said it was an absolute nightmare because of the shape of it. Right. Oh, the, the dome itself. Yeah. yeah. So where, where's the name? Like, oh, the name, itself? sorry, sorry. For, no, no. but you know, I was on about the light, but where does the name come from? What, well, it's to be honest with you, it's kind of like, it's based off a play on words on two, two different podcasts, like Joe Rogan Experience, and I used to watch a lot of London Reel, right. Brian Rose. I never, I never no, heard no. of that. That's quite a good one. Well, I say it's, it's kind of changed now. He's actually campaigning to be the mayor of London at the minute. All right. This Brian Rose is. But he's got like, um, I say rags to rich. He's always rich. He was like an investment banker over in New York. But he got right. addicted to heroin. Oh, nice. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just, but he's moved over here. He's like proper, proper well-to-do bloke. Um, but yeah, that was kind of both of their podcast names mixed into one. And I also thought like I want to get like sort of real people in and share their experiences, yeah. try and benefit other people. Because when I was, was it probably like five years ago now, four or five years ago, I had like a seizure and that kind of, Stop! Well, I couldn't drive for a year. Couldn't do the job I was doing anymore because I was like climbing poles for the electricity board. Right, and um, just changed my life basically. Everything like which you thought was okay turned yeah. out it wasn't okay. Yeah. Um, and watching podcasts for me then listening to people who've been through like obviously that's minor compared to a lot of people compared to what you've been through, and hearing people share their experiences it was like really a trigger for me to like get myself out of a hole. And it was like. If they can do it and they've been through like 10 times worse than me, why am I on my ass not doing things I know I should be doing, getting myself out of this rut, like this, uh, what about me? Like you were saying earlier, yeah. you know, just trying to get out that mindset. It's easy to fall into. Yeah. So easy. Oh, and you, yeah, you feel like, uh, like people don't understand, they don't get it, they don't feel sorry. Yeah, everyone's got their own shit going on. You need, exactly. You need to take control of your own life and sort it out for yourself. Yeah. So... Um, Listening to other people did that for me, and that's what made me want to start this, to be honest. Some of the most inspiring things, I listen to Jocko podcast a lot, right? Yeah. Oh, I know he's been on Rogan and that. 
the one of them was with Dakota Meyer. Was um, he won the Medal of Honor? Yeah, I've seen seen that. He one. was on Rogan, but yeah, on Rogan, it's nowhere near as in depth as as it is on Jocko. It's only like three and a half hours. I've listened to it like four times. Yeah, it's that good. It is the single best thing I've ever listened to. I couldn't stop. It was one of them. I was in work with my headphones in, and I couldn't stop over and over. Yeah, yeah. it was it was tremendous, and I, I it's inspiring. It's it's a sad story. It's very sad, but some of those ones you listen, you only get from podcasts or YouTube interviews, where you think, do you know what? It ain't that bad. I can I can do better than what I'm doing. It'll change your life. Stop fucking moaning. Could take one podcast could change your life if it's the yeah, right one. Exactly. The fir- I remember the first ever podcast I listened to was Joe Rogan interviewing Shannon Briggs. Yeah. First one I ever, and I couldn't stop listening. I was walking to the gym when we were training the amateur boxers, and I got in the gym and I kept listening to it until I couldn't anymore. I took it out, but then I couldn't wait to walk home to put it back in. Triggers you, like, doesn't it? Yeah, something just happened, and I was like. I like this. I like this long format chatting because you get to know the people. You get to know, I mean, watch Parkinson or Graham Norton or Parkinson. How old am I? Look, fucking he's dead, isn't he? <laughs> um, or Graham Norton or something. You get him for two minutes. They tell a little story that they've told nine times on nine other chat shows. Can't relate to it, can you? Exactly, and that's that. Right, you might have a little laugh. Oh, that was quite funny, but that, you've done learn about the person and learn about what they've been through or, or what they struggle and... You can't get inspiration from that then. Uh, and I've listened to so many now. Some have made me laugh. Some have made me sad. Some some have inspired me to like, fuck, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I can do. I can I can do better. No doubt about it. And I'm not trying to be the next Gary V or do you know what I mean yeah. anything like that. But you can. You can do whatever you want to do to a certain extent. I, mean, I think so as well, yeah. So, so how much you're willing to put in and how much... Yeah. You how much you want to do it. How much... I'm not saying, like... I'm not selling cups and fucking... It's not going to change my life. And I don't expect it to. That's the main thing. I have, I have realistic expectations of... If you've got a passion project or something you really want to do, have realistic expectations or quite low. Because if you set them low, they can only... Anything <laughs> above it is a bonus. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So... Do it for you as well, isn't it? Exactly. No one else, like... I don't really, my life is work, home, gym, and work again, probably. Yeah. Well, that's, all, that's all I do, pretty much. And, and and then I'd sprinkle that with a bit of podcasting, where I get to go and speak with someone other than my missus or my work colleagues for a couple of hours, have a laugh, and then I'll come home and I'll go say to my missus, uh, yeah, I was speaking to a world champion earlier on, or not that guy in the kitchen earlier on, He's a Commonwealth boxing champion. Yeah. And he was in our house. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's little things like that. That's nuts, isn't it? That if you just listen to everybody, and there's a lot of people, and most of the time the people who will be most negative are the ones closest to you. Definitely. I'm lucky that my missus is like, just do what you want. I don't care. Yeah. She's just like, yeah, whatever. My my missus is the same as well. As long as you're happy, then crack on. But some of you mates or... Family will. I've been kind of like you met more than family. I'm like, see if I can do it. Thing is, though, you find yourself like it's with you as well. You're bothering with all these fighters. I bet none of them look at it 
No, that for way. them because they're in that world, aren't they as well? But a lot of them, and I don't know if you noticed, they they don't know how to utilize these things like podcasts, um, interviews, YouTube, because this now, if name out of the air, Gavin Gwynn, right? If he comes on you, people are gonna people a lot of people already know him because he'll share it and stuff and go, oh, Gavin's on it. But then you are going to have people that just like your show, regardless yeah. of who come on it. And they're going to go, oh, I'll have a look at this guy. It's free promotion. Definitely. Sitting down for two hours, and we've got chat about something you like. Gavin comes on, yeah? We're going to talk about boxing. Talking about his experiences, etc. People are going to learn about him and go, I like him. He sounds like a nice guy. Because he come on out my podcast before on the TV show. And when he went, I thought, what a fucking nice guy. Yeah, read. I met him once or twice, but sat down with him. Easy interview, like flowed. He was really funny, chatty. And I thought, do you know what? I like this guy. He's a good guy. He drove all the way down from where's he live? Fucking Merthyr, something. And he was really, really nice guy. And I thought, I hope he does well. I, you know, keep an eye on him. And we've kept in touch since. But people will, sportsmen or women or whatever, don't. They they think they're doing you a favor by coming on you. Yeah. So oh, all right, yeah, come on. They they they're a brand. If they that at that level, they're a brand. They need to promote themselves because, like I say, it all goes on ticket sales unless you're at the very top. Yeah, definitely, mate. So they need you were doing them a favor by leaving them come on your show. They're, I know, like obviously for them, it's giving up their time in it, but the work is actually. In the back end of doing this as yeah. well, and it, uh, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, they they giving up their time, yeah. But and don't get me wrong, I say it. There's nothing more valuable in life than your time. Nothing is more valuable than your time. Oh, 100 percent, yeah. Or, or uh, to me, my time. Because if I'm wasting time on somebody who doesn't appreciate, that could be spent with my kids. Yeah. So that's the way I look at it. Like, there's nothing more valuable than my time because that's something you never get back. Yeah. Once that hour's gone, it's gone. And you're a human. They're a human. That's the way I look at it. I. When I first started, I used to get a little bit nervy about like who was coming in. Like my, oh, yeah. my one of my biggest ones, which is like not a regret, but I wish I had been in now or again in the future, was like Andy Powell because I was a little bit like it was quite early on. I was looking at him a bit like, oh Christ, what's he doing here? I still look at everyone I interview. Do you know what I, mean? I still look and I'm like, oh fuck, no. yeah, I'm still like that. No, but yeah, it's you got to get. It's hard to get past. Look it out your own way, haven't you? Yeah, I yeah. Like, I was in my own way in that, and I was like nervous and <laughs> I had loads of shit in the YouTube comments about it like oh shit interview blah 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 but like don't ignore them. that I don't do I just say thank you to them all I say thanks for watching have a good day like just hit them with positivity and it'll all bounce off then but like I know myself that that didn't go well not not that it didn't go well we had a good laugh like he actually said it was one of the best ones he's been on because he was so chilled just take that but, take that yeah, take yeah, that exactly. with it don't worry about the, the yeah. fucking assholes but I, I know now nah, it'd be probably be a bit different. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it's like it's all development. Isn't it? I look at like probably the first hundred episodes are going to be like your apprenticeship. Of course, yeah. No, that's what it's yeah. the same as anything. Like the first T-shirt you design, probably compared to the ones you're going to design in like five years' time, yeah. the quality will become better. You learn so the much ideas. along the way. Yeah, yeah. There's there's loads of different aspects to it yeah. that you don't even like realize right now. But yeah. is it in in a, in a year or two years, you were going to look back and go, oh, 
the fuck did I? What was I doing? <laughs> I'm like that now, six months ago. Like, exactly, the- exactly. And it moves that quick. But yeah, it's just as long as you enjoy. That's what I, I say to anyone. Now, if even with people, like, again, I've taken it from podcast, listening to them all day, every day. I, I try, I, if people would annoy me, it'd bother me. I'm like somebody in work or whatever, I'd be like, oh, he's doing my fucking head in. But now, I'd be like, oh, lazy prick or whatever. But now, I'm like, leave me to it. Same. It doesn't really affect me, so crack on. It only affects you if you let it, innit? Yeah, and it's just like, I don't know what, I'm not going to get bothered. One of the boys, he always rings me up in work, and he's like, uh, what's happening? I said, right. Oh, yeah, it's fucking shit today, Monday. Fucking hate Monday. Have you rung me just to fuck him on? Because <laughs> I, I don't want it. I'll go, right, ring me when you're happy, and I'll put the phone down. I don't want you ringing me to fucking moan to me for half an hour, telling me how shit your life is. I don't care. I'm sorry, but don't you know I mean everyone got shit going on. Yeah, make it better. Yeah, if 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 it's bothering you that much, I will go. Are you alright? But you just moaning because it's Monday. It's Monday for everybody. You're alive. Shut up. Yeah, you're fucking alive. Appreciate Every week it. rolls into one now at the minute for me. I swear, like I yeah, don't know. Well. Uh, are you, uh, have you been furloughed on that, have you? Or? No, I'm working from home, though. So oh, are you? Yeah, well, most days, anyway. I go in, like, a day or two a week. but It hasn't really affected me because, like I say, I do refri- commercial refrigeration, so I'm in the supermarkets. Yeah. So I've been in there from day one, same as usual, every day. Doing that key work in ten? Always. I did it. <laughs> I, caught, I caught it in December. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, I'm not a big, uh, my favourite thing to do. It's childish as fuck. I'm, I'm near 35, but in the night. Not every night, sometimes. I'll, uh, I'll get relaxed, see? Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone knows what that means by yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll go on Facebook, Wales Online, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they, they just absolute garbage, Wales Online. And it's always something negative about COVID this, COVID that. So I'll just go on the comments. And there was something the other day, like um, hundreds of people dancing, enjoying themselves. On Cardiff or... Yeah, whatever, something yeah. like that. So I just commented, oh, that's terrible, isn't it? People actually enjoying themselves after the year of unnecessary not lockdown. I just left it. I just do that. Drop that in there and just go back and just watch them lose their shit. That's my favourite <laughs> thing to do. I don't even reply to the comments. Yeah. They're all calling me everything. You're a disgrace. Unnecessary. Oh, you know. You're trying to kill my nan. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the worst, isn't it? If you if you worried, stay at home. Furloughed. If you were that worried, keep the furlough process going. But the world has got to carry on. I'm sorry, this isn't as deadly as they thought. I'm not turning this into like coronavirus progress. It, it's not. It's not as deadly as they thought. This time last year, they thought it was going to kill two million people. It's I'm going to even kill ten percent of that. No, it no one here. No I, people are, are like. Cancer treatments are getting postponed. Uh, cancer diagnosis are going, um, they're being missed, and people are dying. There's people losing businesses. There's people losing homes. Nobody cares about this. Some mum's giving me shit going, oh, yeah, how terrible. You've got to isolate with your TV and everything. I'm thinking, what about the businesses that are closed? What about the people who haven't been able to make any money at all and have kids and, and don't know where the next paycheck's coming from? What about, well, so just because you get to sit in the house and watch the chase, yeah, it's all right. I think a lot of people as well, 
if they are furloughed, they're getting government money. Uh, maybe wrong, yeah. Whether like I think a lot of it is based on laziness. <laughs> like yeah. personally, I think like if you're in that position where you're lucky enough to be, it's easy to stay stay there. Exactly. It? Yeah. Uh, whereas if, like yeah. you said, if you're struggling and everything's going tits up and your life's going down the drain through no fault of your own. I well, understand. Imagine being in that position. Like. I understand the fear, right? Initially, because nobody knew what was going on. I was like in work, and I was like, "Oh fuck, wipe everything down." Yeah, we were washing, we're like fucking wiping my hands every five minutes, and nobody knew because it was going to kill everybody. But then, as it went on, and they realized like ventilators are actually killing people. Let's take them off them, uh, and they realize it's not as deadly as it is. Then I'm like, "Well, why are we still doing this? The, the flu kills." Yeah. Just as much, if not more. Nobody gives a fuck about the flu. Nobody cares about the flu. I think as well, like Miami and Texas, they've both opened up and they've been opened up for a while now. Yeah, the whole of Florida is. Yeah, and it's like and nothing's their spiked. rates are no different exactly. to what ours are. But exactly. we're stuck inside, low in our immune system, not getting any vitamin D or exercise. Exactly. The, the one thing that's really pissed me off, I shared it there, I don't know how far it's gone, but there was like... Um, Obviously, the gyms aren't open till May time, and I think that's only one for one to ones then, isn't it? A limited amount in the class, and that's absolute but bollocks. I I've seen the like petition online earlier. They rejected a load of petitions uh, because there was already one. They tried to keep it to one, like in the Senate. Um, the petition was for obviously opening the gyms for mental and physical health. It had like twelve hundred signatures. It needed ten thousand, but like then at the top of the page is saying, "What date are we today?" Sixth of, of April. By the seventh, if if this hasn't got ten thousand signatures by the seventh of April, then it won't be accepted because we're voting for the elections for the Senate by May. So now, in the next month, is guaranteed. There's no way there's going to be no movement because they're yeah. not even going to look at it unless it's got ten thousand by midnight tonight. Which yeah, so it was highly a, unlikely. I was sharing it like hard earlier and tagging everyone, yeah. <laughs> but I don't. You know, it's what blows my mind right is people on my facebook right are predominantly from fighting or, or something that. so so there's a lot on there going open the gym so obviously i'm part of a, a team coaching a gym so it's in my interest to have the gym open but there's so many more people going when the pub's fucking open i'm thinking hang on you're worried about a pub being open. You can go to Tesco's, buy a crate, and drink it in your house for half the price. Why are you... Don't you think your mental health is more important? Your physical health is way more important. And and not, like, ugh, I sound like a fucking Joe Rogan parrot, but it's true. There's been nothing about immune system. Joe Rogan was spouting about vitamin D six months ago. Yeah. And the government picked it up four weeks ago. Now, I, six months ago, I heard Rogan and Rhonda Patrick. Same. And I was like, straight on Tesco's, vitamin D, misses, take that every day, kids, kids, uh, vitamins. I, I was taking thousands of uh, milligrams of vitamin C every day. I was taking a big chunk, of four of them. I was just chewing them like sweets. Can't get... How much cheaper would it have been for the government to not do the track and trace, not do the vaccine... Not do the lockdown. And give everybody vitamins. And to send everyone vitamins, they, like, enough. Because it would have cost them absolutely pennies. Like, it may cost us, like, £10 to get a bottle of vitamin yeah. D or whatever. But for them, it's going to cost them, like, 10p. But what I don't get, right, is it's proven that UV light kills coronavirus. Go outside. 
Shut the everybody, sunbed shops, like. I know. <laughs> I know like, everyone goes, yeah, but skin cancer. You can't have it all. You got know what I mean? You've got to roll the dice at some point. Do you want coronavirus? You're going to die, like, in you. Everyone's exactly. going to die. It's the only thing guaranteed. Open up. Go out to the beach. Go out in the sun. Everybody outside. Everybody outside. I understand originally it was lock it down. It was probably the, the right thing to do initially. But then when all the stats come out, it's nowhere near as deadly as as they made out. It's like something like 0.06% of people will die. And they are not even solely of coronavirus. Because within, if you have it within 28 days, oh, they put it down as a... Which blows my mind. How are people still go accepting lockdowns and, yeah, we got to stay in. When, if you go through a windscreen and rub your face away on the tarmac, but you had COVID two weeks ago, it goes down to COVID death. Nothing to do with the Mental fact that you've just ate off the curb. They even admitted outside number 10 on Sky News that they've been classing even further back to like 60 days for some people. It's a joke, Which honestly. Is, like, it's, it blows my mind. That, that That's a manipulation of the numbers, clearly. So. It's lying. It's yeah. 100% lying. It's like saying I, I had a cold six weeks ago. That's what killed me. Yeah, it's, it's manipulation of the numbers to, to fit in line with what they want to do. There's got to be, in my opinion... Conspiracy theorists or not, whatever people think what they want. There's definitely some money behind this, which is making a difference to someone. Do you know? Like, there's something going on. Like, me and Lily were on about this, right? I think we might have said on a podcast or, or it was on Twitter or something why we believe that this is happening. There's an ulterior motive. There's no doubt about it. There is no doubt. Lily was. <laughs> this is obvious. He was uh, thinking that it was. Because the royal family and nonsense, right? Prince Andrew that and all that. It's probably not wrong, like. <laughs> but well, that Andrew. was part of his thinking. But I were, I'm, and still, to a certain extent, believe it's because they want a cashless society. Yeah. But cash doesn't exist think. anymore. And if you think about it, there's no tax evasion. Every You could write off the debt because then it's just imaginary numbers floating through the air on a computer screen. It doesn't actually have a physical, doesn't actually mean anything. Yeah. And everybody will forever be accounted for. Like, you couldn't run away, just like if you want to disappear, you couldn't run away because you'd be using your card to buy stuff. So they go, oh, yeah, Joe's up in Edinburgh. He was in the spa yesterday at Barbers One. Yeah. You can't go anywhere. You, every, you don't need track and trace. You don't need chips in your arm, like everyone's saying. Cashless society would mean they can track every single place you go because you've got to use your card. There's no such thing as cash. There's no, there's no um, money under the mattress for when I retire. No. They tax all the all your savings then. It's all gone. They lose more money, but like people have argued me, oh yeah, why would they get themselves in trillions of pounds worth of debt? Short term loss for long term gain. Oh yeah! Imagine the twenty percent they're going to get off everybody that they never had before, every, and every penny in the world is no. Oh, I went to see my grandfather yesterday. He gave me twenty quid. There's no. Oh, there we are, boy. There's a pound up shop. It's nothing. There's yeah. nothing of that no more now. Paper boys. There's nothing. Yeah. Every penny in the world will be accounted for, and you can't do anything without people knowing where you are. There's no track, and I still believe that. Oh, there's an element. Yeah, because it's, it's worldwide as well, and it benefits. Every government in the world. Right now, there's no reason for us to be locked down, in my opinion. No, so none. There's something else. Like, they're still talking about, yeah, we want to get the vaccine rolled out, this, that, and the other. But, like, man, it just doesn't add up. This, it, this definitely, I think, in 
20, 30, maybe 100 years' time, they'll be looking back at this in school on history class and going, Oh, like, this is the biggest fuck-up in human history. It, well, last, I don't know, 100 years. Since the World Wars, like, in it? Yeah, even then. Like, we had to defend ourselves, so... That's what people think this is, though, in a way, isn't it? They're, like, it's, getting on, like, sides, isn't it? It's, it's becoming, like, a war... It is, no, yeah. ...online about, like... You're trying to kill my grand compared to <laughs> I need to stay healthy. And it, it's like, it is, yeah. People and, are. Like, don't get me wrong, right? My father has, has severe asthma. So there's a big. My brother has gone. I'm one end of the scale. My brother's the other end of the scale. It's like, we can't go and see dad. We'll kill him. I'm like, and my father is like, fuck this lockdown. I've had enough. <laughs> He's like, ah, fuck this now. So I'm like, yeah, I don't know what. I don't give a fuck no more. Fuck Drakeford. He's. He's beyond this yeah. guy. Like when he said, about clip this, "Fuck Drake," for yeah, clip <laughs> it and, and just loop it. Um, when he said about the gyms, this Kent variant, right? That's that's another thing that makes me laugh. All these different variants now. You got a Kent variant. So when the coronavirus decided to pop up in Kent and and decided to change, but he said, "I can't open the gyms because I, I'm anxious that this Kent variant will spread." Like wildfire in the gyms. I'm like, hang on. Where's the scientific evidence for that? Don't just shut it down because you were anxious about it. Yeah. Have some scientific yeah, proof. Like, like, we can't because we believe it'll, uh, whatever. It fucking thrives in sweat. I don't know. But there's no scientific. He's just going off his feelings. It's a power trip for yeah, him. Yeah, I, I hated it when they were talking about, like, this one's going to spread around the gym. The gyms haven't been open for months for the you gyms to are- even have data on it and have these people well have Mark Drake had ever been in an MMA gym right they're some of the cleanest places you'll ever go in yeah those mats walls cage ring whatever is disinfected twice a day no one's if not infected more, more than anything in it because you get staff you get a ringworm all these things because your face is rubbing on the mat and someone's smushing you into the floor <laughs> or the cage everything gets cleaned twice maybe more Disinfectant every single day. There's some of the cleanest places you can go. Cleaner than your kitchen. Not yours, but Drakeford's. I'll go. Oh, I'll say Drakeford. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's. He's he's dictating on something he has no idea about. Not a not a clue. He hasn't got a clue about a gym. Look at the state in him. Plus his sons and nons. Yeah, that too, yes. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah he is. He's, 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 uh, he's in jail for rape and being a nonce. And he's running the country. He can't even bring up son. I know yeah. this is like. You probably cut all this. <laughs> no. I don't cut shit, mate. I said this to the <laughs> JPH as well. He said, oh, yeah, cut that bit out. I said, mate, I ain't cutting anything. <laughs> no, I, uh, I've i tweeted, as childish as it is, I've tweeted Drake for loads of times. If he puts something up, I'm going to fuck off, you old prick. Or... <laughs> so it's Joe Joe and Jim Smith and Drakeford, like, they are fucking arch enemies, are they on Twitter? I don't mind. Compared to Drakeford, Joe and Jim are my best mates. Angels. <laughs> Compared to Drakeford. No, it's just... it. it blows my mind that people are still buying into i had coronavirus christmas time and when it first started you know you said just now about it's everyone's on teams against each other when it first happened because obviously i was out all the time in supermarket everyone was nice everyone was like all right like get out the way for them and everyone was nice because everyone felt oh fuck we'd all fuck together yeah so nobody was like getting mad there was no masks then it was no, yeah. what are you doing, what are you doing? Uh, everyone was nice, like, all right, how are you? Oh, grab that, blah, blah. Everyone was in the same shit together, but now there's no need of that. But some people are still buying into it. Um, 
when there's no evidence to prov- yeah. that it's provided. Uh, like, I had it. <laughs> I had it. Yeah, no, you go, I seen that on the, on the YouTube. I was like, oh, look, coronavirus, careful. Yeah, too honest with you. It was kind of been put up a while back and I just haven't taken it down like that. But I I had it Christmas time. And when it first started, the NHS, I spoke to the NHS because of my condition, they said, stay off work for three months. Well, I said, who the fuck's paying my mortgage then? I said, I can't do that. Are you mad? No, I'm all right. I'm fine. So I was just going to work as normal. But then when I caught it in December, I was rough. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to ask fuck. No, I was bad. I had every symptom you could imagine and ones they don't even tell you about that I found on the internet afterwards that people have had. It's, it's, I was rough. I, for, I was in bed for about eight days. But I never thought I was going to die. It was like yeah. having the flu, basically. Like... I've had the proper... No, people go, oh, you've had the flu. No, you've had a cold. If you've had a proper flu... You feel like you're, you're going to die anyway. Yeah, like, you're in you, bed yeah. and you are rough. Can't do anything. And I was... I was rough. But I could get out of bed and I go downstairs, but then I feel a bit dizzy and I go, oh, fuck, I'm going to pass out. But go back to bed. And then I think, oh, I feel all right again now. And then I'd go downstairs and I'd be like, oh, no, I'm tired. Fuck this. So, yeah, it, I was I was rough, but never thought... And I'm not in great shape. I'm fucking in worst shape I've ever been in. <laughs> you know what I mean? And one of the massive factors is obesity. In, in this. Like you, you look at Wales Online. Perfect example. I, I, I'll stop out there. Perfect example is said about a family of three, all in hospital over Christmas with COVID. The daughter never come home. Right? She died. She was like 20, 26 or something. Stone, I thought you were gonna say then. <laughs> <laughs> I click yeah. Well fuck. I clicked on the on the actual article and showed a picture. Uh, don't get me wrong, it's bad that she died. I'm not taking a making light of the fact that somebody died, right? But no, definitely. you've got to take into consideration this woman didn't have a neck, right? Going up the stairs would have fucking killed her probably. Yeah. She was fucking huge. She was the size of a fucking fridge. And that's that you've got to take like that's why she it's not COVID didn't kill her. It didn't help. She had a lowered... She was compromised, wasn't she? Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I say, she was fucking huge. Yeah. And I, 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 my sister's a nurse, and I argue with my sister all the time about it. I just... She's like, oh, fuck, he's off again. I'm like, have you ever... Have you read anything, right? Perfectly healthy, no underlying conditions, 17-year-old or 20-year-old has died purely because he got COVID or she got COVID. No. And she go, yeah, that I've been... All right, there might be my new... Five, like... If, is, if you're lucky. It's not happen. It's that old thing of like, they had a heart attack on the football field. It happens once every 10 years. Like, it's, exactly. it's a one-off. Well, that's, that'll be from an underlying condition they didn't yeah. know they had. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. True, yeah. So, people who are dying of, purely of COVID, it's, it's point whatever percent. It doesn't warrant this fucking lockdown. It's as simple as that. Yeah, simple as that, and it's it's as black and white as that for me as well. It's absolutely Same here, mate. Like, it's like you know, like when you see people in jails and they always talk about how like solitary confinement fucks with your head. It changes the person you are mm. after, and the, and the longer it goes on, obviously the worse it is, and you can't come back. Obviously, this is different. Everyone's still getting out, seeing people to a degree. And not everyone, because there are some people well, who are totally like buying into this, and there are eighty-year-old people who haven't been outside the door for a year. I haven't yeah. seen anyone because they petrified someone's going to cough on them. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's not reality. It's not, no, and it's it's sad. 
Like people who go, oh yeah, why can't you just abide by the lockdown rules? Because people like that will die because they haven't had no communication with anybody. Yeah, It's like, you know, when a baby's born, uh, it has to be cuddled by a, by a human. If, it, if, you just, if a baby's born, it's just put down and left, it'll die. It's called failure to thrive. It needs a human interaction. Humans need interaction. But that's the species we are. Definitely, mate. And like the masks as well. Like for me, oh, that's bollocks. That is. Don't get me wrong. Like I do wear when going to shop. It's more out of for the other consideration people. for other people. I had a choice. I won't wear. I won't go fuck. No, same year. And I'm like fucking hell. I feel like it's just a massive divide between people, like you said, in the supermarkets and whatever. It just, you know, you know, like when you're in a car and you're driving down the road and you have road rage or whatever. I've not for a while. Like I've chilled out a bit but used to have it it's because there's no accountability I feel like the mask is a similar thing it's like yeah you're locked inside in it, your own little shell in you're in your own little thing yeah and like the mask as well it just takes away that that personalisation of everything so you don't give a fuck about anyone because they're not they're not like it just takes away all the emotion of everything doesn't it but even I've found myself I haven't said I wouldn't ever say to anyone I don't know fuck because if they said take you, you can not wear a mask fine I wouldn't I, if I had a choice I'd whip it off and I'd be that because if, if you were worried about coronavirus and you wear a mask, how the fuck am I going to infect you if you've got a mask on? Why do we both need to be wearing masks? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. That doesn't make sense to me, right? But some people, I haven't said it to them, but they wear a mask with their nose hanging out. Oh, man. And I'm like, what the fuck is the point? Is there any point? You might as well just wear it on your fucking it, ears. For me, it's the people who are in the car and their own wearing one. Oh, that winds me up. I'm like, what like, are you I do doing a lunatic. I see them all the time. I'm up and down the motor every day and there's lunatics just totally on their own. Who the fuck are you going to infect by that? I know. Unless ah. you've got someone in the boot. Like, yeah. <laughs> what are you up to? Like, maybe that's the worry. There's loads of people rolling around putting in their boot. It's bonkers. Like, these people, I'm like... These masks, it says on there, they, they, they don't keep out the particles. They, they lower the amount of particles, but then they come out and say that it's airborne now. These aren't airtight masks. For me, it's the breathing. I, I, I just feel it's got to affect you. Because like, if I'm in the supermarket for a certain amount of time, like wearing a mask, I'm like, fuck, you feel claustrophobic. Like, you know. i got to wear one. And the ones that work give us are just like, I don't know what they are. They're not masks. they fucking cloth with a bit of elastic on with the badge on, the company badge, right? So they weren't breathable. They were like fucking tracks. That material, to be honest, right? Yeah. On your face. So you're breathing on that. It ends up soaking wet. It smells. And then I go and work in a freezer that's minus 23. And because I'm breathing and the moisture's rising out of the mouth, my eyelashes are starting to freeze over. My eyes are starting to freeze. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? It's just, it's not functional. Do you know what I mean? I've seen, it's got to be April Fool's, but I've seen, um, I think it is April Fool's, might have had me. Spain are making masks compulsory when you go <laughs> swimming and sunbathing. I thought, no, it's got to be a It's got to be, isn't it? It's got to be they, a wind-up. We're talking, mind, about if you leave your house, you've got to wear a mask at one point. Take off get fucked. There's no way I'm walking around my garden wearing a mask. Like. No. I, I worry from the kids. Like, my bot, I got a seven-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old, right? My boy, one-year-old, was born in just before they literally, like, shut the hospitals. I was allowed in the room and stuff. Yeah. Like, a week later, the fathers weren't allowed there or nothing, so I, I just made it. And they are going to grow up, unless this fucks off relatively soon, they're going to grow up thinking masks are normal, and that, that worries me, because 
There's like so you say, there's no interaction. Like, it's all in your eyes, then. Yeah. Have you tried saying hello to someone just with your eyes? You look like a fucking lunatic. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just see your mask go up, like. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. And and when you, like, if we had a mask now without this divider, I'm in work and we talking, and then, what do you say? You end up fully masked and having a fucking chat, and then popping it back up to go to the car. That makes sense. Nah. It's pointless. Yeah. Absolutely. But look. Yeah. I've ranted. I've ranted for long enough about. No, it's all good, mate. It's all good. No, but um, no, I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate you letting me come on. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on, mate. I think uh, I don't even know if the cameras will still be rolling. The battery's probably dead or like that. <laughs> Sorry, mate. No, no, it's all good, mate. Appreciate you coming on. And no, uh, no, people so get over, check out, check combat, out the clothing Combatsportcollective.com, if you can. Be much appreciated. Have a look. I mean, you don't have to buy anything. Don't feel obliged. you got to. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll put a link in the description. <laughs> oh, it'll be awesome. So. Yeah, thank you, mate. Top yeah, man. No worries. Yeah, thanks awesome. for coming on, mate. Cheers, Joe. Top man. Experience Real Podcast.